0: As we're back. This is episode 10 of Combat on the Couch with the Ugly Franco, brought to you by Car- Carney Combat Sports, produced by Ugly Franco Productions LLC. Okay, so we've got one of the most interesting people in Carney, Nebraska today on the couch. Alright, we're not really sure what he does, but that's how he likes it. Okay. He's been involved in cybersecurity for a number of years. Um currently, we don't really know what he does. We're gonna find out. And uh, this is Jason Tate, everybody. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Over, over. This has been overhyped for me for so long. Really hasn't I feel, been. I feel, I feel underdressed. Oh,
1: no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. That's not how it works. That doesn't, I put on this for my show. I play my show, you play your show, we play our shows. You know what I mean? It's fantastic. Whatever stage we live in, that's how it works. That's right. I feel more comfortable with you dressed like that than if you were dressed any other way. Good. That? This makes me comfortable. Don't get me wrong.
0: Yes, yes. Makes
1: me feel, makes me feel like I'm actually doing something. Because you are. You know? <laughs> we are. We are. Because he is. My man. Yeah. How's your day been? How's your morning been? Man, it's been fantastic. You know what? How has it been? Words are powerful. It has been fantastic. Phenomenal. I love breathing oxygen.
0: There we go. You know what I mean. There I know we what go. It feels like hey, do to. you
1: guys? Do you guys like that too? <laughs> like legit. I know what it's like not to. You know, that's how life is. If you,
0: what do you mean? You know what it's like not to.
1: I know what it's like not to have oxygen going into your lungs because somebody or something is removing it from your body. I know what it feels like. I know what. Oh, we're in a jujitsu gym. So oh, it, <laughs> okay. That's what I meant. Okay, okay. I thought you were like a prisoner of war or something. Well, I've gone through those situations as well, but Ooh, we don't want to God. touch that right now. We're, you know, we want to dance first. Don't you want? Don't we want to dance first? I wanted we get it, to get it. I wanted to get it out quick, <laughs> man. I want to feel it now in your I'm, chest. <laughs> 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 Say it with your chest. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, exactly. I, I, I know what it's like to touch on that directly. I know what it's like not to have the liberties of being free feels like i know what it feels like when somebody wants to take your life i know what it like feels like to be tortured so Mm -hmm. i take everything as a blessing every moment every every time that i have the ability to be in the position that i'm in now which means free flowing as an african-american i say that too like just a person that can be existing in my highest frequency and vibration Mm -hmm. i appreciate it because i know what it's like not to have it gratitude you know what i mean i I, i've heard that I don't hurt. I'm an alchemist, right? That's the name of my company. It just that's, that's what I identify as. For the listener that doesn't know what's an alchemist. An alchemist is a person that understands that thoughts become things, that that everything is energy around us, and the whole purpose that we came here on this earth is to learn how to manipulate that energy, whether that's taking somebody's aggression and turning it into more love or to t- take one position that you're in and turn it into the most advantageous position that you can be in, turning brokenness into Riches turning hate into love. An alchemist is a person that understands that you're seeing things through a certain lens. And an alchemist sees beyond that. Not because we're better. It's because we take the time to see through what most people run from. You know, like, and you learn, I guess, you know this as well. Uh, naturally, the human condition, we are conditioned out of birth to go away from pain and towards pleasure. That's the dance that we do in Kali and at and all of the martial arts. That's what you're chasing. You're chasing somebody's dance away from pain into mm-hmm. their pleasure so mm-hmm. that you can interject and introduce them to pain again. Well, an alchemist is a person that says, I'm comfortable on either side of that spectrum, and I can really make you uncomfortable on how you decide to see that. Whether or not you see you, me running towards pleasure or you see yourself running towards pain, I'm going to manipulate that in a way that's going to make your life either good or bad. And however you decide to negotiate that right. is how your life Depending on how you, g- you feel
0: at the moment, you ah, can shit. make it like bad or good for them, depending on how you feel because you're the alchemist, right? You're the one we're who's kind of in al- control.
1: Facts, but we're all alchemists. So, uh, so definitely. What I- It's definitely a skill set, though. Some
0: people are bad alchemists.
1: Some people are bad alchemists. <laughs> Man, you spotted that one. I got to steal that from you. Some people are bad alchemists. They're either not good at it or they're just bad at their craft that's what so so to, to to your audience and to you as well, an alchemist is a person that just simply understands it, wielding the power, manipulating the magic that's the craft, just like a witch or just like a I was going to say are you a wizard so that's a different element <laughs> no no, no so so that's that's where people take the magic and they go into a realm where it's so in the weeds, let's yeah, say that okay. they go into the weeds with their belief system. Okay. You know, it's almost like religion. So mm-hmm. alchemy has no premise on religion because religion is something you have to go through to become an alchemist. You have to you have to know you were a slave to some system before you can be free in another. Woo. Dang, dude! That was that, okay. was, <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> he, just, he, chose, just <laughs> he just mic dropped himself. He just mic dropped himself. Yes, yes. It was deep for me. I was like, "Whoa, that felt, I felt that in my chest." What did he say it again? Yeah, you have to know that you are a slave to one system to be free in another. Boom. So, if you are a, if you were restricted by a religion, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm not getting into the religion. Hey, I'm a Christian. Don't say that I'm a Muslim. No, no. What I'm saying is, you had to go through. Some form of religion to understand there's something beyond it. Mm. You have to know that. So in the same mm. sense for people who are not living. Got to get li- through the church to see there's Jesus, right? Ooh. God, There's right? a God and there's a Christ in all of us that has mm-hmm. nothing to do necessarily with the person named Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Jesus was a was a was a was a was a it's a it's a euphemism of sorts. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, a it's a it's a we have Christ in us mm-hmm. as it is inside, so it is outside. So the 12 disciples just like the 12 tribes of judah just like mm-hmm. the 12 elements in or in our in our core elements of existence and mm-hmm. there's all things that we see in these books these bibles these qurans these torahs they have truth in it if the mind was able to conceive it at one point in time mm-hmm. there was a truth that was perceived in it It's just the human ego that creates those separations of control that Mm -hmm. wants people to believe them in one element. Um, It's in the Bible. I want you to read it my way. It's in the Torah. I want you to read it this way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. No, they want it to be perceived the way that they
0: read it or the the way that they wrote it. If It's taken out of just like if I wrote a diary, Uh I would want somebody to understand what I was feeling when I wrote it. But when it gets messed up is when they have these unjust
1: feelings of like they're not doing what I want them to do. And how about this? Have you heard about that, that, that um, drill or that experiment? We get six people. I think, I think you need to have three degrees of separation or three removed. So three to or three more people, you put them in a line. Mm-hmm. I whisper into one ear, hey, so my secret is I have two feet. Right. And then I tell right. another person, by the time it gets to you, it's going to be a degree or two off mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the core message. Mm-hmm. That's the human ego. That's the human slave system. and, and Because if,
0: they have to make something their own? Because hi. they have to change it a little bit?
1: You're an alchemist yourself. Why are you playing with me? You already know this game. Hey, hey baby, we yeah. outside! Yeah, we outside! Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You already know this, but that's exactly what it is. The ego wants to live on forever. Yeah, that's that why we want to procreate. I don't know why that I did that sense. gesture, but we want to create... Hey, baby. Oh, yo, hey, mama. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> we want to create seeds and legends in legacies for ourselves, whether that's in our job, whether that's in mm-hmm. being in a martial arts, whatever we're doing, we want to teach what we've learned on our journey because we feel that's what we came here for when, in a certain understanding, you understand that that's not why you came here. Your journey is your journey for your path mm-hmm. so you don't have to come back here again for another experience because there's mm-hmm. so much magic here. There's so much power mm-hmm. we have as humans that we are taught to be slaves to not having the power. Mm-hmm. That's why you know that's art imitates life, and I'm not trying to go off on a tangent. But when you watch TV and you watch movies, there's truth in it. And I, this is a, as an alchemist, I can tell you, I know what it means to walk on water. I know what it means. I've never said I've done it. Mm-hmm. I can sense it. If you can put yourself in a situation, just like in jujitsu, and I'm bringing that up because you know, karma combat sports. Yeah. I understand this. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for everything that's going on here. Um, and I love martial arts myself. So I love to speak in those parables of if the, if yeah. that makes, in that vein, yeah. if you will. You, so, you being relatable to the people that are listening. That part, as you said. <coughs> so, so when you understand that you have to think through a certain scenario in order for you to accomplish it, you have to think it through first. Mm-hmm. Like you can be in a, Causation type of situation where all you're gonna do is gonna be a uh, uh, who's gonna win is the person who has more cardiovascular endurance. But the thought the th- that's why jiu-jitsu is so beautiful, or other martial arts as well, where you have to think it through. I'm gonna play chess with you long enough to understand your weakness and whether or not your weakness is your ego or your weakness mm-hmm. is your lack of due diligence, your, le- mm-hmm. your, your lack of pulling all the way through. I'm gonna find that. I'm gonna manipulate it, and I'm gonna make you my. I'm going to make it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. how I exploit it. Yeah. The same thing happens in life though. Mm-hmm. A lot of us walking around, if you're not living, if I ask if I ask somebody and say, Hey man, how are you living? And you know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing great. I'm having a great day. No, 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 fuck that. Excuse me. <laughs> Tell <laughs> fine, me how fine, you're fine, living. Fine. Like, how are you living? Yeah. Are you appreciating your life? Are you living your best life? And mm-hmm. if somebody, anybody that tells me they're not living in their dream, that means they are a slave to a thought, just a simple thought that they have not mon- molested. Right. And exploited. Mm-hmm. and overcome mm-hmm. and that's what that's, that's what i mean by slavery when you're you're tied to a belief yeah. that yeah. something's not letting you live that life because we have superpowers if yeah. you think it my life right now man my life
0: you, you're this, pretty much your own boss right
1: man you I'm do just, what you want right i do what i want rick mm-hmm. james level like on the couch you know what i mean like <sighs> and i mean that like i love your couch Ooh. i love you oh yeah <laughs> but i say that to say i mean it but i mean it with so much I remember the reason why I'm so happy to be who I am because I remember when I wasn't right. I remember I was a product of the government. And Mm -hmm. when I say that, I'm not talking about my three letter intelligence days. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. when I was spending years in juvenile Mm -hmm. because I was a rolling 60 West side crip doing stupid Mm -hmm. shit on the streets, Mm -hmm. thinking that I was cool. Not because I was in the streets, but because my father who came, you know, we lived in a middle class, you know, type of environment, but I wanted to be around the thugs in the streets because I didn't trust my father. I didn't trust at that time. I was like, I resonate more with those guys who just have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So I chose to live in that environment and got me some doing stupid stuff out in the streets and spent a lot, spent three years in juvie. Like mm-hmm. if you, the yeah. Mari Povich shows where you see the, the boot camps and they, mm-hmm. do the abuse and they beat and all yeah. that stuff. I was a part of that. Right. You know, on both sides. Yeah. So I know what that feels like. Yeah. So I appreciate these moments right now sitting here in Kearney with you guys, with, with yeah. a group of yeah. very professional people, really appreciate intrigued, it. really on point. I, you know, I love it and I appreciate it. So I, I have gratitude in that. That's the currency of the universe. Man, I really appreciate you, dude.
0: I, I appreciate you coming here, giving us time. And I'm these okay. are the people that we want here. People that are free thinkers, the alchemists of the world, mm. the people that understand that a guy is a slave to a thought. You know, like, that's a really, really interesting thought. I don't want to slow it down and talk about that for a second before we go back and really talk about your, your childhood and your upbringing. But um, the slave to a thought thing. I mean, some guy thought up one time, mm-hmm. I want people to work for me. And now you've got generations of people thinking I have to work for someone. That's That's the slave to the thought. That's the thought. The thought was 80 years ago, you know, but... Man, dude. i
1: getting chills. Because it, <laughs> well, it sounds so good. You put good. it into words. Yeah, and no, then it just makes so sense. Good. It sounds so good coming from your mouth, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how spells are cast. That's how blessings are perpetuated. When you are hearing the same message said a different way through mm-hmm. a different soul, you know that it's resonating. And you have the magic. You're right. When I see somebody working, and I'm not speaking to any of your audience that is working because mm-hmm. this is a message for you. Mm-hmm. If I see somebody working, <coughs> if I say, yeah. you know, you have, a, no worries, <coughs> man, it's life. You're at a McDonald's, you're, at a, you're a mechanic, you're an engineer, whatever it is, and you're working for somebody else. This is what I tell people all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything you just said. At one point in time, somebody woke up to the understanding that thoughts become things. They understood that through some kind of metamorphosis or some kind of inner standing, they said, if I put my mind to it, I can achieve it. If I ask the universe, not a God, if I just ask the universe who conspires in my favor for what I want, it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So at some point, somebody said, I want a mechanic shop and you know what I want? I want 75 people working for me, fixing cars and I want this to be the biggest, greatest thing. and I want to be a millionaire. And they thought it so well that they believed in it in advance. Cause that's how you make things happen fast. That's how you manifest. We could talk about that later, but so they made it manifest fast or it made it manifest. And at some point in time during that manifestation timeline, somebody else said, and this is how you have to be careful what you ask for. That's why they even have the mantra. Be careful. Be, in your existence, care full. Be Mm -hmm. full of care of what you ask for. Words of power. Mm -hmm. They're the most powerful thing out there. So somebody said, hey, man, I need to pay my bills. I need a job. Can I just have a job most high? God, Jesus, Muhammad. Mm -hmm. And they got what they asked for. And they're living in a manifestation of somebody who asked for something different. Whew. Dang. So when you think about that, right? Yo, dude. (laughs) Depth, right? It's depth, though, right? It's, it's if,
0: you, if you realize that you can just make what you want to happen, then you can choose who you want to be. Woo.
1: Living. You
0: could be the guy that has 75 under him. That's or you it. could be one of the
1: 75. You could be one of the 75. And, and, you know, on my journey, I've learned that I remember my, and I'm just going to skip around a little bit. You have to deal with how my mind works if you don't to. We mind. got time. Thank you. So (laughs) I started this company five years ago, right? And my first And which
0: company is that?
1: Black Alchemy Solutions. Right. So, and we could talk about that or we don't have to, but I I just want to talk about my first client, billionaire, Mm -hmm. self-made billionaire, Mm -hmm. right? Um, He came across my my radar. I prayed for him. I manifested Mm -hmm. him, right? Because I was like, I need a mentor. I need somebody to tell me what I'm really doing here. So I remember him saying, he looked at me in my eyes and the first day we met, he was like, and this is what we're going to do and this is how I like to do it and I like to use you to do this because he knew I knew magic and mm-hmm. we could talk about what I do if we, we don't have to. But, And I said, okay, but why don't we do it this way? And he looked at me dead in my soul. It was not mm-hmm. him. It was it was my ancestors. It was, it was angels who came in through him and said, stop thinking so small. Mm-hmm. And coming from him, it was like, I used to be a spy. Who are you talking to? Like, and my, my My ego was like, I used to do this and that small i think about nothing but taking over small countries and then listening to him later as i matured i said oh that's what he was saying you're thinking as an employee you're thinking as a small business owner be a free agent because his this guy that we're gonna you know i'm just gonna tiptoe around mm-hmm. he owns a lot of land in a certain state uh very small state but he's self-made. He's the mm-hmm. same background. was in the Navy, was a protocol officer, got out, started selling bonds. I mean, started selling timeshares, and then turned into a billionaire in, in five years. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to him again, I said, <clears throat> stop thinking so small. So there was some point in time this guy had to say, I don't want these millions. I want a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And that takes a different small type of Millions are big. They can be.
0: But he's like millions are small.
1: They're millions. And that's how perspective runs everything. Like you said, slave to a thought. <laughs> We are taught things out of the womb. We come out through our mother's gates, and mm-hmm. the first thing we do, we're smacked on the back of our button. We're told things like oxygen, breath, the rules of this whole universe. You have mm-hmm. to breathe oxygen. You have to obey, obey the gravity. Mm-hmm. The sun is what provides life. Those are the rules of this situation. Mm-hmm. But those rules can be bent, mm-hmm. just like you learn. Okay, if I learn my posture right, there's certain ways you can't get that that that, that uh, triangle choke. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get a blood choke if my posture is in a certain. That's a bending of the rule. You're not going to understand how to get me off of my balance if my center is always rooted. Those are bending of the rules. Once you learn that these physics of the of the world, just like thoughts, can be mended and molded, then you can always be that special forces x Man mother f- person in yeah. the existence of what you live in. That's how I love it. Harriet Tubman, you know, like thinking back to her, like, yo, she was a bad Ooh, woman, a spy. Yeah. She was doing all these things, but they told everything that she said she couldn't. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to these these voices in my head that are telling me that' there's stars up here that I can actually go to, and it's going to get me to freedom. I channel that energy, and I understand it, yeah. because when you think about it, there are things that people tell you you're crazy, but in reality, it's because they don't understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? they really just can't wrap their mind around it, so then it's crazy.
1: Absolutely, and I love that. I love that, because what happens is, like in these conversations that you and I are having, it's you, br- you provide light in the darkest places of existence. Yeah. And it's not going to resonate now. Mm-hmm. Like the Your listeners are not going to pick up on this right now. They're not supposed to because they're not on that frequency. Mm-hmm. But when they start going through those frequency chambers, just like when you go through the ranks of your belt system and you go from the, the interstate state and white, white to the next belt, to the next belt, to the blue, to the black, to the gray, those right. are not really a thing <laughs> about acumen. It's about your frequency, your yeah. ability to process certain yeah. responses reactions, mm-hmm. conditions, and meld them into a place that is your own. Mm-hmm. Take what's useful, disregard what's useless, brutally right? And it create your all own. Right. That's alchemy. And that's I what up. we've
0: done. You know, that's what you've done. You didn't, you didn't function on this frequency six years ago, you know? Yeah, you right. were high-functioning for sure. Mm. But it's just a different level of frequency, just like the blue belt, purple belt, red belt, all that, you know? hundred percent. So let's get back to the beginning, boss. Yeah, man. Where are you from? Where were you born? Yeah. Why were you in the streets at a young age?
1: Yeah. So I was born in San Diego, California, in 1981. Uh, mother was a Black Panther and um, uh, a bit of a rebel. Like and We're not going to get into because I love my mom, and she's really cautious about what I say. But I I'll it. say this. My mom was, uh, is a person that has a very interesting background, and I love you, Mom, but I want to talk <laughs> about who you are for real. And then my father was... Um, was a bookie at the time in okay. New York City. Wow. He met with my mom doing their things that they were doing when they were rebellious and taking over their small countries. And that's what I just like to call it. And, uh, yeah, born in San Diego, 1981, man. Okay. Um, okay. Mom left me with uh, my aunts when I was like two mm. years old mm. so she could do the lifestyle that she was living with mm. the Black Panthers and the things that she was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was raised in New York, so I I bring that up so I can have some context about where I'm from. Yeah, no, yeah, I want want it,
0: I want it, I want it all, I want want it all.
1: Groovy, I'm going to give it to you. So uh, San Diego is where I was born, but two years later, I found myself in New York City with my aunt um, because my mom was doing what she was doing, and she needed to, she, she was forced, actually, to a certain extent, to give me to her, my aunt, because she needed to go do what she was doing with the people she was doing it with. Um, and I stayed in New York with my aunt until I was about three, and then I stayed a little bit longer with my grandmother in New York in the Bronx until I was about six or seven, and that's when my father, uh, who was in Atlanta, came and picked me up around six or seven, and I stayed with my father until I was about uh, 14 Um, because I got a lot of trouble. I got a lot of trouble. So from six
0: to 14 when your dad showed up?
1: I was a hellraiser because I didn't trust him. (laughs) Well, that's a a time where a boy is a hellraiser, really, but... You yeah, didn't, you didn't. yeah, and I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, what's it called? What's it called when you, um, when on an animal connects with a human, you, you, um, don't imprint. Mm. Yeah, so I didn't imprint with my father. Um, oh yeah, that you makes know, sense. I didn't. He never. wasn't there
0: for the formative years, you know.
1: Exactly, I, and of course, uh, as an adult now in my forties, I'm starting to, you know, understand the reasoning, the whys, because right. I never really asked them.
0: Right. I right. like
1: the mystique of my my chaotic background, mm-hmm. but now I had to put the connections as to why, like you said, my, it was my formative years. Uh, I didn't really have that connection with him. Mm. And being the disciplinarian he was, he didn't like my lack of conformity. Mm. So um, it was a very tumultuous relationship. Because yeah. when he would get in his mind that he was going to put me in control, I'd say, you know what? This is only going to, it's seven, eight, nine. The uh, first time I ran away, I was seven years old. Police, uh, true story, police officer picks me up about two miles away from my home, mm. uh, seven years old uh, in Union City, in uh, Riverdale, Georgia. Um, and the cops was like, you know, where do you live? And I told her, I was like, we live in these projects. And she was like, that's two miles away. How did you get here? And I said, I trucked it. I walked it. You know, like, <laughs> and you're not sending me back to my father. Literally drop me off, gets to my father, knocks on the door. Here's your son. I go up. I jump out of the window, ran away again, dead or winner? Because I was, I was, not because I was running away from a problem. I didn't feel like I belonged there. Mm. And when I run away, I started learning things. I, 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 I learned how to survive. I learned that I can manipulate people. Yeah. I, and, and, and not in a bad way. No, you're just figuring it out, though. I figured it out. I you're figured, figured it, it out as, as a young, young dude. Exactly. Knocking on doors 10 o'clock at night. I take off my shirt. Oh, what's going on, young man? And I'm like, oh, wow, if I use this tone, oh, and I can see their sympathy. Oh, I can get some food, and I can go do this. Because I, I, I did it a lot of times, so I didn't run away like once or twice. I, right, you know, yeah. my, I think if, if you were to tally it up, it's probably like 70.
0: Yeah, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and it, it got to a point where my father was like, leave him out there, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, leave me out there. You know, like, and so, you know, it's time to <laughs> yeah, Leave me out there. And, and of course there was, there was some physical attributes to his discipline that I didn't agree with, yeah. um, yeah, that I yeah. felt were really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that's where my first fear came. And that's why I got into the place where I'm at right now. I'm I love my father. I love Raymond Tate. You, mm-hmm. I love you. Um, because he taught me my first fear. Mm-hmm. I, the first thing I ever feared was a man, mm-hmm. a black man. Every time I saw a black man, I felt like I have to negotiate you because my father always negotiated me. And, you know, he, you know, at, at, at whatever age he was, and I was 7, eight, nine, 10, 11, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to learn how to, I'm going to have to learn leverage because this man is always going to be bigger than me. I'm never going to really throw a punch that can really hurt him back. And, th- and th- those thoughts were going through my mind because it wasn't— At a young age, you're still, like, very smart, very, very, like, very aware. You know, you're seeing that these kind of thoughts, mm-hmm.
0: like, they're smart thoughts. So it's, like, no wonder that you're here now mm-hmm. if that's how, like, you were thinking back then, you know? A lot of kids are just running away and then mm-hmm. doing the drugs and not really thinking, like, kind of deep or really understanding themselves. Knocking on doors is genius for a, for a kid who's broke. Knocking yeah. on a door and taking your shirt off and being a little bit scared, being you know, just being real but also knowing this is going to work. That's really smart, you know, like, like on, a, on an emotional level. Like it sucks that you had to do that. Like mm. that sucks. You shouldn't have had to do that. Mm. But that's where you were at. And then it's just fascinating to see someone find out who they are and then what they do to do it, you know. People do crazy things all the time oh, when yeah. they're figuring out who they are.
1: This is fascinating. Yeah, man. And, and, and thank you for that. And, you know, that's the first time I've actually heard it that way because at the end of the day, here's, here's what's, what I, I looked at it as. Um, I put myself in a situation where I had to either, as, the, as they say, should I get off the pot. And I enjoyed that because it wasn't a situation where, that's why even to this day, stimuli engages me. When people are freaked out or they're losing their control, I'm like, oh, this is my happy sweet spot. This is where I can show up. You know, this thrive is what I chaos. St- I thrive in chaos because it, it gives me a center. It gives me, like, and I'm going to use a movie reference. There's a movie where the guy, um, he's learning how to be an assassin or whatever. And it's, it's with um, that lady, Angelina Jolie. Oh, wanted when they're curving the bullet. the bullet. And he slows down and looks at the, all this stuff's going around. And he, he puts the gun to his head and he's able to look at the bee. And he sees the oh, bee yeah. flap its wings. I'm like, it Shoots its wings oh, they're off. They're in my head. I get this. Because when the stimuli comes, that's when I can start focusing in because I know that Oh, through my thoughts, I can see out of any situation. Mm-hmm. And that, I learned that as a young kid. And you touch something I really want to touch mm-hmm. on really quick, which yeah. I'm going to expose a lot about me on that journey. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I got into the streets uh, that I, after about, you know, doing it around 10, 11, 12, you start maturing in your craft. Mm-hmm. So I was one person at home. I was one person at school. But in the streets, I was a different, different person. I wasn't the gang man, you know. throwing up. I wasn't right, that guy. Right, right. I did. I know them, of course. I know my books and I know my books and all. I know all that mm-hmm. stuff. Even at forty three, mm-hmm. the stuff you can't really. Mm-hmm. I could write. I could throw up, but that's not the what I'm saying that for. It gave me. A, it's a code, and and everything is a codec in life. Everything that we do is a codec. So it gave me the codec of how to be a crip, right at that time. And when I go to juvenile, I know how to associate with the right types of people and the wrong types of people. I would play games. You know, I I learned that game until I learned who I was. Mm -hmm. And that, when you said having the attention behind your actions, I didn't Mm -hmm. learn that until around 12, and that's when I really probably started delving in drugs, like uh, Mm -hmm. marijuana, (laughs) specifically. Um, I always understood that I needed to do a drug with a reason, and if I didn't, I would end up like those people that I was around. Mm -hmm. And that bled into my current day. Like, you know, you're talking to a guy who has done every drug that has known demand minus, like, Ibogaine. And I, I can't wait to try that one day. Uh, The 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 psychotic, you know, it's like it's like ayahuasca, but I've never heard of that. Yeah, ibogaine. It's like it's like ayahuasca, but it's the African version. Um, have you heard of ayahuasca? Really? Yeah, I've heard of ayahuasca. Love that one. I like watching Aaron Rodgers talk about it. Oh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful DMT. You've a done DMT.
0: that? You've done that?
1: I've done, I, oh, so when I say I've done every drug, right. I wasn't being, there was no, no for hyperbole, for no sarcasm. He's for real. Yeah, He's for real. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, and I've never I've never shot up heroin. I've never shot it up. Okay. I've sniffed it. You know, I, I, I'm very transparent about that. No, yeah. yeah.
0: I've done a lot of coke. Yeah. I've done a lot of coke. I, yeah. You yeah. know, it's just not good for you and stuff like that. It's you not. find out, you know.
1: Yeah, I lived in Latin, in Latin, and we're going to say, I'm going to leave it at that, the Coke conversation. I lived in Latin America. I lived in Honduras. What more do you need? While I was working for an agency <laughs> that I had to take a break from because of how good the Coke was. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just being serious. I'm being serious. Hey, <laughs> I baby. Out, <clears throat> excuse me. And I, mm. I, just to touch on, I'm not going to belabor this point. No, that's fine. When you move with intention, it differentiates you from people who move in chaos, just like in, oh, in, in yeah. jiu-jitsu, when you get the new guy on the mat, never played the game before, never understand the rolling and tolling, he's gonna move. He has no intention behind his moves except, I just wanna keep on my feet or whatever he has, or they or right. she or they have in their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was one of my first things against jiu-jitsu. I was like, mm-hmm. when you gonna get me? When you, you? get that close to me, I'm gonna show you how pleasurable it's gonna be. And that's because that's how before jiu-jitsu, which was, jiu-jitsu was recent for me. It's not an old fad for a lot of people, okay. like it is with a lot of people. I learned, I came from a school where, yeah. I'm comfortable in the phone booth. We love phone booth fighting. You know, get close to me. I'm Uh using everything because I understand the anatomy of the human being. Uh Like, while the blood choking and the taking away my oxygen, that's one thing. But I know your sinuses. I know, like, I understand the 14 meridians. I understand how everything works. I've played Democ for a while. So you get close to me. I'm going to show you. That was my thought process. So I remember the first time I rolled. And um, it was with uh, – anyway, it doesn't matter. I was with the with group, and I was like, oh, this is a whole different level of existence. You guys, <clears throat> if you know what you're doing, this can be deadly mm-hmm. if I don't have a weapon and mm-hmm. if I'm not in a situation, you know. Right. So, yeah. I, so I'm speaking from that context. If you don't move with intention, you're going to move yes. into chaos. Yes. So with drug usage or alcohol usage or even in spooling your role, of, oh, it's like whether it's you know, in, engaging in vice, other vices, or sexual, in your sex you know, with your woman or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. you – if you go out and you do things without intention, you're going to be a, a product, a slave to yeah. the chaos. This does a lot. This doesn't do a lot, guys. <laughs> this does a lot. You're moving with intention. You're moving with intention, and that says a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's right, though. Hey, I ain't. I ain't wrong. He, no, he's not. He's not. It's funny, but when you move hmm. with intention, it, it differentiates. When I, one of my mantras, you know. I, most high, dear, Heavenly father, spiritual spiritual ancestors, you know, spiritual mother, spiritual father, allow me to be the light in the darkest places of the universe. As I rise today, I rise forever. When I say these things, I mean them. So when I say allow me to be the, the, the brightest light in the darkest places, one thing that I figured one of my purposes was is to help people in the darkest places. When they're shooting that needle up their arm or they just can't get out of a repetitive cycle of whether they just came out of PTSD and they just... Are natural born killers and they only know how to live that lifestyle or they only know how to live a certain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because the universe has given me so many different planes of existence. Yeah. Where, you know, I've I've been to Harvard, I've been to, I've worked at the Pentagon, I've worked at places where I can't even mention this. I've done things Mm -hmm. that I can't even talk about. And I literally mean that not in a hyperbolic sense where it's like, oh I just want to be super. No, I've done things that you've only heard about in movies. But I've also done things in the other movies where, you know, in the, you know, B- Boys in the Hood, those kind of movies where mm-hmm. I have that 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 range of experience where I can see people differently. I don't mm-hmm. I can see you without judging you where some mm-hmm. people are naturally predisposed to judging. They say, oh, look at that heroin addict or look at that, that crazy Marine who just does these things or look at that whore in the streets. I've been yeah. up pimp, So I've right. seen it. So I'm like, I see where you are, and I see how you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Allow me to show you that side of me so that I can be a friend instead of a foe, mm-hmm. and then let's walk this out of here together. Yeah. And I've done that yeah. numerous times in my life, and I think mm-hmm. that's what got me into the business I'm in now, where I'm like, I'm just a fixer, man.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? That's what I really like to get into is you're like, one thing that kind of, like, gets you going. Because pretty much all of us have, like, one really specific Thing that we're good at I'm really good at having a good time So I've predicated my entire life Off of having a good time And in that there's learning And there's growth And there's teaching There's business There's finance All that stuff yes. But like You're a So you said you're a fixer uh,
1: My, my go, spark Go deep on that Yeah yeah My That's spark. That's what we like here My spark is, is fixing My spark is Identifying the knot Where The knot that people see And seeing it as a straight line I don't see the problems as people see because of the, the threshold of pain, the threshold of endurance of life. I mm-hmm. see things through a different lens. I don't have the attention span like other people. Mm-hmm. Other people would classify it as ADD. I don't like to associate tags because I know those are slave thoughts as well. Yeah. so Can't label them. No, you can't because it's a power. So <laughs> w-
0: <laughs> You see what's going on here, people? There's something that happens when you're free.
1: Absolutely. You take off the chains. You unchain yourself. So my spark is my ability to see people without judgment. And because of that, I can see them for who they are because we all put on a mask. We put on a, we put on a character suit when we wake up and we choose what character we're going to play and the role and the stage that we're going to be in. And most people aren't able to see those character clothings. They only see, they, they, they only see the character clothing. They only see the actor that's stowing. They they're not able to see the spirit behind them. Mm-hmm. So when I see you, like mm-hmm. I'm looking at you now, I can see you and then I can see you, mm-hmm. Right. And when I see you, I can say, do I want to reflect with you or do I just want to observe? But most people don't do that. They mm. see somebody and say, judge, white boy, tattoos, mm-hmm. yeah, little, little flexy, you know, he's very loose. You know, he must be having a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they start putting these predisposed judgments and they can't see you. Yeah. So they can They can put on the show of a friend. They yeah. can put on a show of somebody who's not a foe, but they're not really yeah. seeing you.
0: Mm-mm.
1: I see people and I'm able to put on a show. I'm able, actually, I've learned that. I'm able to put on, because of what I used to do and because of the life I used to live, mm-hmm. I can put on a mask. I can put on a suit, not physical, mm-hmm. vernacular, mm-hmm. how I yeah. position myself, yeah. how I talk to you, how I mm-hmm. negotiate your paralinguistics with mine. Mm-hmm. I can put it on a sound so familiar that you're looking at a mirror, and then people become comfortable with me. And when they mm-hmm. do that, I get to play with them in mm-hmm. a good way. Yes, I learn that skill provides value when people are in trouble, and they can't go out and ask the right person for the right help because they don't know how to identify their suit with somebody that can provide that solution because they still have to put up their mask. With me, I'm like, listen, listen, listen. We just had sex last night. Stop playing. Come on, now we got we we, we broke that ice <laughs> right? already. Stop playing. Yeah. Now what's the problem? Mm-hmm. And not when I say sex, I don't mean intercourse. I mean we've had verbal jujitsu. We've mm-hmm. gone into the depths of chokeholds and triangulations and understand the pain and I have pushed you through this limits. Now we've both reached a level of orgasm. When you come up for that first gasp of air yeah. and his, made a mistake, <laughs> that's orgasmic. So now that we've been that together, let's talk. What the hell's we going through? What's what's the problem?
0: Yeah, that's my spark, I believe. Dude, that's beautiful. And that's how you really build relationships with people. That's how you really find out. I mean, when, when you when you come from a background like you, you don't know who to trust. Mm. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday, me and the hooded ninja over here. Mm. And uh he you don't know who to trust coming out of it, you know? So when you figure out that manipulating people is one of your like like nurture, like nature, one of those things that's just kind of in you. It's mm. innate. You're yeah. really kind of good at it, and you understand things. And you kind of take that as a captive thought in your older days. Then you understand, like, oh, this is just how I find out who's about it, who's really, like, real, who who's not trustworthy, who I really want to use. You find out who if, if you want to be the good guy or not. You find out if you want to be the bad guy. You find out. That's a beautiful way to say it. You You find find out. out. It's a journey. We're all humans. We don't really know who we are or what we want to do. You get a taste of things. And if I I think there truly are good people and bad people.
1: I disagree with you. Respectfully. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think, I think if I may, are we chewing on this? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let me finish it. Oh yeah. My apologies. And uh, let me predicate it with, I don't like solidly believe in it, but. Let's just for the sake of argument, let's go with it. yeah, let's just yeah. So then uh, I think people are good, and you know, there are good people and, good and bad people because some people do things and they say, Wow, that didn't feel good, but they do it a lot more. So then at some point, you have to say, This guy might feel guilt, he might feel shame at doing what he's doing in life, but he is not changing. When does he become the bad guy? And when can I say, But let me help you, let me save you, let me show you that you're wrong? Is there an ability for the bad guy to see that, or is the bad guy just the
1: bad guy? I don't know. What do you think? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that perspective. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm about to chew on it with you. So, in the line of work that I'm in, and I'm just prefacing it with that, one thing I had to learn early on is that good and bad are perspectives based off of my ability to be observant my ability not to put the less judgment that I put onto a situation, the less good or bad that person is. And it just is, I think good or bad are paradigms of of duality that we chew so that we can associate what makes us feel good and what makes us feel bad. There is evil. And then there's, there's, there's evil and there's bad. I think bad is a relative term that is a, a term of comfort. If you don't, I've seen too many demons. I've, negotiated too many demons meaning i'm friends with demons like Mm -hmm. my own demons more specifically yeah but even in the demons and others when i see them i don't say that that's a bad person i say that's a person negotiating a circumstance that doesn't either know how to fight it or they're finding comfort in that chaos that they feel so Mm. comfortable but they don't know it's toxic Mm. so you know you got the school shooters or you got the people that poison a lot of people are they bad people i don't judge them that way i used to because I'm just going to mention something that may be uncomfortable, but I love you. I'm not talking about you. I'm no, I love, okay. I love this. So, I love
0: this. I need someone else's brain.
1: Oh, groovy. So, <laughs> no, groovy. At one point in time, not long ago in America, it was legal to accost African-Americans. It was legal to enslave them. It was legal to do these things. Does that make it good? Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Put yourself in 1772. Okay. Was it good? Some people had a moral compass and said, no, man, that's just not right. But some people said, the law says it, then let's go with it. That mm-hmm. made them good in their in their perspective. That's mm-hmm. what made them feel good. I'm not. We're not going to digest the morality and the emotion right. of it, but right. what I'm, I use that as an example and a baseline just simply to say, good and bad is relative. It's based off the perspective and the understanding and understanding and the ego of a specific person that has control over others. So when I sit back and I see somebody that's robbing banks, and I have a very close tie to bank robbery in my life pattern, and I mean that. Bank mm-hmm. robbery, uh, things like, I, I'm very close tied to that, and that's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the ability, just because of my life pattern, to say, so why are we robbing the banks? Is it, is it, is it the trick? You like the trick, you like the flip, you like to you like the bypass the security, you like the fear of others, you like to smell that? Is, that a, mm-hmm. is it an addiction you haven't negotiated yet? Mm-hmm. Because there's this addiction to fear. Yeah. When you smell it in other people, you're like, oh, sh- oh yeah, sh- I can make that happen. Yeah. Or is it the money? Are you doing it out of necessity? Being able to lay those out into a platform in front of you and say, "Okay, so this is the demon you chose to make this choice. I look at you differently now. Now, mm. if you're doing it because you are an addicted to some kind of weakness in another person, that means that you have a weakness in you that needs to be exercised. Does, does that make sense?" So yeah. I don't look at it. In That's no, not a bad person. He's just he's he's he's. It's just like it's just like the needle or the or the pipe or whatever you know addictive substance out there. I don't look at that action of getting high, is, is especially if you watch somebody and they can't control it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're, not, they're not necessarily moving in negativity. They don't know how to negotiate it. They don't know how to negotiate it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as being a blue belt or a black belt in whatever art you're in, and you see the same student repeating the same. You just told them, arm goes over the cross, pull over <laughs> the leg, leveraging it, and you just told them, and they're not doing it. And you're like, yeah. what is wrong? What is that problem? And then you realize, oh, they've been hacked. There is a program running in their mind that's telling them they have to go this way over and over and over. And you can go talk until your blood turns green. The only way you're going to unhack them is you have to get into their programming. You have to see how they're thinking and how they're negotiating the situation. Find out where that hack was and then unravel it. Same thing with drug addicts. Same thing with people who like to kill people. Same thing to people that like to mm-hmm. exploit people. Same thing with business people. Mm-hmm. It's the same game. We all have programs, so we run Mm -hmm. programs and scripts every day. Mm -hmm. Every time you hear somebody say, what's up, dude? And you hear the same guy, what's up, man? That's a script. Mm -hmm. So if I can see that script, that's a hack. That's a hack that's going on. If I can see that, I know how you're programmed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to look at you in the same lens as a cop may look at you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. know how. If I drop my pants and I put on the flag and I do this and I, you, I have gold teeth for Christ's sake. So if I smile too hard, you're going to think I'm a thug anyway. I don't care right? how right? T- articulate I am. Right. You know, well, listen, officer, I need you to really understand. No, no, motherfucker, you get me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So I said oh, retweet, dude. Retweet. You know, but but legit, legit. So. There, there's the, the, That's why I keep these things in my in my. And I, I don't mean to keep saying I. I, I don't want to take over the conversation in that regard. But no, you're fine. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: I'm having a great time.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm really. I'm happy about that. Literally, I'm happy. We're having a good time. When you see the programming, then you see that there are programming shades and lenses that people see through. Yeah. They look through their programming, so they see good or bad in that lens. Yeah, yeah. How their father, mother raised them and say, we're Christians, we're Muslims, we're going to see things mm-hmm. this way. If they're not praying and they're not doing the 10%, then they're demons. Right, and right. And that programming establishes mm-hmm. the polarity of good or bad. Does that make them good or bad? I have looked into the eyes of, I've done a lot of things in my life where people, if I were to say it into their face and show you exactly what I've done, you would say, that was bad. Mm. But I see the necessity in all things evil.
2: Mm. Dang.
1: I see the necessity in it. There's it some necessity. Happen. It had to happen. Yes, yes. I mean, mm. without talking about me, I'm going to say it like this, and I'm just bringing it from this perspective I live. Mm-hmm. I understand necessary evil. Mm-hmm. You're not going to perpetuate any kind of unjust actions on any demographic of the world, and I'm evolved that I don't feel that I can use any resource and any capability to negotiate you, and I will, and I have, mm-hmm. if it causes the freedom of those oppressed. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. The whole point is there's, there's a point to it. Like, you're not just doing these things mm. because there's, you know, you have your own agenda, maybe. But mostly you're seeing a need being, you know, and you're, and you're understanding that that evil needs to
1: be negotiated. Be negotiated. And, and, and empowering people, not necessarily, because I'm 41 now. You know, I, In my 20s mm-hmm. and 30s, I was a riot. I was a person that you could feel being around. Like It was just like, oh, shit, I don't even know about this guy's energy. I'd make mm-hmm. you nervous. Yeah. My calm would make you nervous. My not give a fuck attitude, like Mystical said, yeah. would make you feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. But now at 41, I'm saying, I would rather empower you with that magic. Mm. I'd rather show you that these limits and limitations that you think you live in, these chains that you're not seeing where they're mm-hmm. controlling you. That's why I do what I do now is mm-hmm. I want to show you that you can live past these fears and illusions and showing you how to defeat demons that you may see oppressing other people mm-hmm. is the best magic that you can do. That's, that's the legacy that I, that's my yeah. agenda today. My agenda today is let me show you how magical you are. Yeah. They keep telling you to shut up and you're a woman and you, that you, yeah. but you know, no, no, no. no client yeah. I have now, you know, you're a woman and then you live in this man town and they're going to just always try to step on you. Let me show them who the bigger dick is, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna show you how to pull yours out, and I'm gonna show you how to use it when you need to, and yeah. I'm gonna show you that it's okay to be there. Yeah, put the blood yeah. in your throat, speak yeah. with it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then yeah. some people, most people, 99% of people that I interact with are not about the life that they present. Yes, meaning to the extent of it, meaning like in this conversation, I'm willing to die for everything that I believe in, mm-hmm. and I mean that in a positive way. Yeah, meaning. If it comes down to it, mm-hmm. gun to your head. Let's yeah. play this game because I'm going to run it. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to submit. I'm going to run it. We're going to yeah. run the scenario. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. You're going to have to pull that trigger. We're that's going. What, that's what I believe. Right. We're go mm-hmm. time. When, when, when the man, the ninja behind the, the, the camera says, go, and you're in the mats, yeah, it's go time. There's no stop. There's that clock. It's motherfucker. You got to play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to play the clock. Yeah. So, in the same sense, that's how I believe about life. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready to live that life and really to, and I'm not going to say it for your audience, but I'm going to say it for me, if you're not willing to die for it, then the fuck are you living for? Like, and I mean that
0: honestly, no, I I agree a hundred percent. If you're just doing things every day, but I mean, I asked somebody the other day, what do you do? And they said this, this, this. And I said, do you like it? And they said, I don't want to do this. I don't like doing that. And that makes me tired. I said, so stop doing all of them. What am I going to do then? Be happier. It's a choice. It was really easy and they couldn't get over it. So I tried to hack their programming and it didn't work because I'm Mm. pretty sure they're back. Uh-huh. But that was a, that was a fast conversation. So if you spend more time and build relationship, you can hack more properly, right? So um, if you're not, I mean, if you're not about, if I'm, if I'm not about trying to help that person, then stop talking right now. You know, if I didn't hit him up on Snapchat a couple of days after and be like, hey, I really hope that you figure your shit out because I, I believe in you. Stop talking right now, you know? Just be about what you, think you're, what you think you're about, what you say you're about. You know, We are about building relationships, mm. so we're about it. If anybody came in here right now and said anything to us about how we live our lives and said that we're fake, it's like, well, I am, from what you're saying and what I believe too, anybody that just has a problem with conviction, just step up, like step up and then see what happens. You find out if you're actually for real or where you need work. Mm. And it's fun It's more fun It's more
1: fun being transparent
0: too If you're not ready You're not ready If you're not that If you're not about it You're not about it
1: That's why I'm a hacker That's why you're a hacker too I love it man I love talking to The people of the same flesh Fist pump mm. Yeah I say <laughs> You see that, that I feel that Because it's He's a hacker You, You're only going to know What your true capabilities are Is when you have to Get your shit pushed in, so to speak. Oh, you have to yes. step up to. He's like, okay, well, I'm not about that life right now, but I'm mm-hmm. about this life right at this level. Boom. And then if there's a life, there's if what what made me have to go down here? What was that weak point? What was that flaw? What am I afraid of? Because mm-hmm. fear is not real, right? Mm-hmm. Circumstances, situations, pain—those are real things. But just like in boxing or any kind of combat situation, most people when I'm when I talk to people and I'm really trying to evaluate where their fear is, and I'm like. I dissect it. They're not afraid of what it is. They're afraid of, the, they're afraid of the thought that they create about the circumstance of what they think they're going to go through over what the thought what the actual thing is. Getting punched in the face doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Getting shot that may hurt, but it's a temporary pain. It's something mm-hmm. you can negotiate. Mm-hmm. The thought that you create, anticipating it or being trepidatious about yes. it, yes. that is much more painful. <gasps> Than anything you go, through, you know what I mean. It's you know? the same thing with the addict. You're
0: chasing the first high you ever had. You're not chasing the high you're gonna get right now. It's not the same one.
1: It's never gonna be that. And you're so scared of the
0: first punch you ever felt. You're trying to avoid it, but whole you life. get punched in the face and you're
1: gonna be fine. You're gonna realize you can get glass. Your jaw's not made out of glass. It sure ain't. And <laughs> and punch. and everything in this human in this this, this 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 earth suit is what I call it. This suit that we're in has the capability of doing some very super powerful things. You can condition your body to take punches, to take chokes, to take pepper spray, to take pain. It's how you interpret it. So when you don't step into the pain, when you don't embrace that life is pain, and then when you can get pleasure from that, and I don't mean pleasure like orgasmic, I mean at least a dopamine... A dopaminergic. Woo! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got that from Joe Huberman. A dopaminergic. <laughs> Who'd you Huber, get that from? Oh, Huber, Huberman. Is Huberman It's guy? Andrew Huberman. Andrew. Andrew I, Huberman. Andrew, yeah, I, the, yes. the Stanford uh, neuroscientist. That guy. Dopaminergic. I'm like, what is that? that guy,
0: dopaminergic.
1: Google with <laughs> <laughs> <Google>. <love laughs> my book. Google. <laughs> Yo, that guy's fantastic to listen to, huh? Yeah, he is. He taught me a lot. That's why I do, yeah, I, I, I do the cold. The cold. You do the cold plunges? plunges? Because of him. You really? Know. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he sold
0: me on it, but I'm... I'm, I'm a little bit of a bitch.
1: No, it changes your life. <laughs> I know it will. No, it'll change <laughs> legit. Tell, t- talk about it. No, man. Legit. I even you do get, it in the I've morning. You do it at night. I you do it, it every morning. day. I do it in the morning when it's the most uncomfortable. Mm. You know, just That's like just like hunting to. with women. Like when I'm chasing, well, hunting. I don't call it chasing because I don't chase anything. I attract it. But there we go. when I'm hunting a woman, I anticipate mm-hmm. the pain, the, mm-hmm. d- the denial. And then I say, I'm going to turn that into my pleasure point. Mm -hmm. Same thing with this water plunging. Mm -hmm. You get into it. You're like, oh, it's first thing in the morning. I don't feel like getting up. I'm at the point where my bones are starting to ache, right? I'm like, okay, well, I do Tai Chi. I'm better than that. Anyway. (laughs) So, you t- <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm better than that. You know, we can negotiate this in our mind. So <laughs> Thoughts become things. Remember, practice what you fucking preach. And so, so I sit in there in the, in the tub. And if I'm, on a, if I'm on a journey where I really need to feel myself, and what I mean by that is if I need to touch the insides of my existence, I'll go get some ice from the, the corner store, mm-hmm. and I'll throw it in there, like five bags, yeah. and then throw it on cold. And then you put the timer up. hmm and just like everything else, have you I mean have you been through a crisis situation in your life? Like have you had to fight for your life? Have you had to have um, you rolled with this guy a few times where he's really not <laughs> mad at he's mad at you and shit?
0: Um, I mean I I played sports my whole life. I've been in a bunch of real weird situations. I've been mm. in some, you know, phone booths, mm. stuff like that. Okay. So Was I've been your life in, in some, danger? I wouldn't say really, you okay, know. Okay. I wouldn't say I've ever really been but in did a you situation know that? like that. Did you know it? I understand the feeling, and I understood that it wasn't a life or death. But when mm. you're in those, especially when I was in those, it feels like you're in life or death.
1: Okay, so that feeling where you where you decided because that's that's the the Neomimia brain or the reptilian brain, where there's fight or flight. Mm. You chose to fight or fly, or, or have you done both? Yes, both, done, definitely. I'd say I've done both. That's oh, yeah. yeah. I don't big whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes, we make these choices. So, and yeah. in this, in, this, in those moments where you said, "Oh, it is what it is. Here's my here's my line. I can't cross it." Let's get it. When you made those decisions in those moments, it's the same kind of it's the same dumping effect that I do when I jump in that water. It's like this is going to be sucky. This is going to be very uncomfortable. But I remember once you become familiar with the with the biology or not the biology, the mechanics of what happens, the mechanics yeah. of pain yeah. is a secret of life. By the way, oh yeah. When you learn how the pain works, it yeah. becomes less pain. Uh-huh. So when I jump uh-huh. in, I'm like, oh, that's just. That's just my body telling my ox, my blood, to get away from that appendage to go protect my heart. So it's just translating into a little bit of discomfort. It's painful as fuck. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then oh, that's just the mechanics of my lungs taking deeper breaths so they can have more oxygen in my body. Yeah, yeah, then I can control that. And then the discomfort is, oh, this is just cold. I'm not gonna die. today. You know, like, are you gonna die today? No, they've done worse yeah. to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've done worse to myself. Okay, but yeah. Are we good? Yeah,
0: we're okay. good. This okay. is fantastic. I'm just loving how you talk, you know? <laughs> you got me when you were like, oh, this is just cold. Yeah, it's just cold. <laughs> like it's just cold. It's, it's just, just cold.
2: cold.
0: Your J- body's telling you all these things. It's pretty much screaming, get out, stop. This is this is too hard.
1: But it's not No, it's not. No, but it's not. But that's the not. Thing. I don't think the body's telling you that. I think that's how sometimes we interpret the circumstances of our life. There we go. We think that it's telling us to run. Fucking fly. That guy is 17 feet tall, and he's got two knives, and he's got an AR-15. You need to run. And then you're like, but he's got more mass, and he can't move as fast, and he can't think like I think, Mm -hmm. or she can't think... Mm-hmm. fuck that that's yeah. not what you're telling me to run you're saying run forward and go for these different points it's how you interpret those signals the same mm-hmm. thing fight or flight are you going to choose to stay down and play it play it out yeah because it's not i don't care who i offend in this when i say it with respect and i mean it when i say yeah. it yeah no i don't care it. if you're a black belt a green belt you're a delta operator you're a CAG operator and i know all of you like i know you personally i know people who have no training that can take these people just because of how they negotiate their mind and I know this to be true because I know that 99% of crisis negotiation has nothing to do with your training because you throw it out you throw out all your training you only perform at your lowest your lowest level of training fact if you could be a black does that make sense Say it again. I will. Yes, sir. I'll say it again. I love it. I I like the way you said. it. Say it again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Just gave me some flashbacks. I will say it again. (laughs) (laughs) You're cool, man. Uh, (laughs) I'm having fun, Yeah, man. This is fantastic. So you can go be a black belt. Let's use the word black belt because everybody knows your audience knows black belts. Yeah. Just because you're a black belt and you've been a black belt for five years, in a crisis situation, your life is on the line, the way your brain works, it's going to go to your first white belt. Like If you don't perform and constantly train your black belt inner workings, the maneuvers, the situations, the circumstances that you're in, your lowest level of training is where you're going to perform at in a crisis, not the black belt level. I don't care what you think. Like, you no, know, no, know, no. that's like a, interesting. That, that's like, fantastic. That guy like that, Gordo. I don't track. I don't do I don't track But there's a guy that's very famous, Gordo Gordon. Like those, even those guys. The gray-haired dude. Oh, Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan. Oh yeah. I follow him on so, Instagram. Yeah. So, so even these guys. And I'm, I'm not tagging anybody. But the Dan Inosantos, the Bruce Lees, the the legends of the arts. The reason why they always perform the simple tasks that like they do, like, like what did Bruce Bruce Lee say? It was so profound. I do not fear a person that knows a thousand different moves, and practices it once. I don't. I'm worried about the guy that does one kick a thousand times. It' cause that's the lowest level of training you have. So if you're a black belt and you are, and I'm just saying this, like, and I've and I've. I'm not speaking from something I read in a book. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know, take off my shirt, I'll show you the scars and the bruises and the stab wounds and the knife knife fights I've been in. I've been engaged with much more trained... Trained from an academy perspective, but not in warfare. There's a difference. When you go into stress and you turn into your 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 brains turns into this is fight or flight. Now we're getting neomamalic. Now I have choices and I want to chart. I don't want to get into flight or flight. I'm here, so I have to spread out and see what I can use. But you're stressed and you're you're in duress and your your life is in danger and then you have allowed fear to inject herself into your into the into one of your veins a little bit. So you have a little bit of fear going through and then Is going through as well. Then you're starting to really think think about all the other circumstances and then you get into your tunnel and you start performing that performance that you do Mm. your life for death dance Mm. it's not going to be a black or black belt life or death dance if you watch it like the reason why you get police officers 20 years in the force yeah they've been doing this a street cop yeah you've been doing it over and over and over but just because you're a black belt doesn't mean you're going to be able to perform in a crisis you have to learn how to fight in a crisis and learn what you do in crisis do you know what you do in crisis most people don't Right, we can go up here. We can go up here and roll <laughs> up here with all yeah. the best students up here that you have and the best teachers mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this with respect. It might come looking for when we can play too, but I'm just saying I say with respect. Put a gun in the game, mm-hmm. not not on the floor. Like put your life at your life is at risk. Mm-hmm. Like right, and right. put that that yeah. that scenario in play. You're going to perform differently, totally different. But if you train yourself. And you know your weaknesses. Like I, right. know, I know that I freeze up here. I know that my stomach, the f- when I allow myself and I don't breathe and I get in my situations where I start breathing with my chest and not with my stomach, that's that Oof. fear turning up and I'm going to move slower. When you don't know those mechanics, yeah. then I don't care how many times you've rolled, how yeah. many times you've done these scenarios and these, these, these drills, you're not going to perform at that level. You have to consistently perform to see, the, to raise your black belt your black belt training into your black belt in crisis operation. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it makes so much sense. It was it was articulated perfectly. Mm. It makes so much sense. Mm. I mean, I don't even need to say anything, but I will. I mean, yeah, if you're the best of the best and you think you're the best of the best, but you don't challenge yourself in real ways, and if you don't understand what a real challenge is, then get out. Like If you don't challenge yourself in real ways and you say you're the best of the best, you're not the best of the best because you don't perform like the best of the best. You get into real situations where there are people on the ground every day fighting for their life, they're fighting for survival, they're fighting for maybe a cause, you know? Those are real black belts in life. Those are people that you need to be really scared of. Those are, who, those are who you need to respect on the on the highest level because they don't even tell you they're a black belt. They don't have that set up. They just perform to the best of their ability in whatever situation they're in. They've just been put in rough-ass situations their whole fucking life, you know?
1: And then you take, on that same note, you take the guy or the woman that's not trained, but they know war. Mm. They know crisis. That's all they've been doing. And they've never been trained. Mm. But You go train them in that. Mm. So now you've equipped a whole different type of human being. Mm. You've taken a person that has dealt on the edge of life in crisis, and now you've equipped them with a the knowledge that can they can equip themselves with versus the average person, and I say this with respect that goes into these art, these art studios to become better versions of themselves, mm-hmm. right? And that's a great thing. I'm not taking. I'm mm-hmm. saying it with love and respect. You're fine. Talk your shit. I am about to. I'm about to lay it down yeah. thick. So you take those people that go in just because they want to get in shape, they want to be, they want to handle situations better in their lives. Yeah, I get it. But they've only used that methodology in their mind. So when it comes to the crisis, they may be better equipped than the person, their opponent. But when it comes to life or death against the the person that we put in the first scenario, who, who, is a death who deals in death who's a death mm. dealer who's dealt in crises? Mm. they understand the biomechanics of fear they understand the biomechanics of, of of what happens when you're getting yourself in a life or death situation and then you've equipped them with a white belt and understanding of whatever technology or system you have and then you take that black belt they're going to annihilate that black belt mm-hmm. every every time. Every, time. every time that's why you, you know you look at the the military and the military you look at special Force or any kind of combat situation training they do repetition over and over and over, mm-hmm. and then the field tracks, field training exercise. They want you to get familiar with the feeling of how you're losing control, so that you can turn that lack of control into a superpower. Oh, you know what I mean? That's what they do. That's how they train you. Hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. That's why putting you in a situation where you're losing control and then making you get work the, it out, the, the, get the control back, work, yeah, it, work it, out. it out, get it. Oh,
1: you know, so and that's why I look at, you know, that's I, I used to tell people. It's beautiful. I used to talk to people and like, hey man, uh, you know, about fighting because everybody wants to, every, man ego testosterone. We we'll talk about fighting. I'm right. like, I don't fight. I'm right. back in my 20s maybe, but in a situation, I don't. I don't look at things like that. I Look at him scenarios. Mm-hmm. I will negotiate you. Mm-hmm. And if that negotiate means that I have to remove a certain element of your capability of function, yeah. so that I function, yeah, I'm using words here. I'm not, I'm not going to jail Let's ever. Go, I got a good lawyer. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not about that. I'm not going to fight Unlike you. I like how you put that, though. That because sad. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you. Fighting is a choice. Fighting is an agreement between two people. I have a problem. You have a problem. Or we're in this tournament, and mm-hmm. we're going to have these rules. There ain't no goddamn rules. I'm an alchemist. I'm gonna fly, you're gonna try to roll over here and do your little thing, I'm gonna fly and I'm gonna use all types Mm -hmm. of things that I've learned To negotiate you because I don't believe in rules. Yeah, I believe in the yeah, safety of myself. Yeah. I don't believe in. I understand chaos, but I understand that if I deploy and if I if, I, if there's a situation and you just think we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, well you have a problem first and foremost. I don't have a problem with you. Right now, if you bring that problem over here and I decide and I have to choose because there's a choice and I decide that we have a problem, I decide that we have a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to engage you in the playing field that you present. Mm-mm. You want to fight here and you want to put up your hands and you want to do that. That's your <laughs> rules. Right. Do what you do. If you look at me the wrong way and I take offense to it, not look. Right. If you accost me the wrong way and I take mm-hmm. offense to it or I look at it as life preservation is in it, I am not fighting by the same rule. I'm not negotiating in the same rule, rule, real, real, real space you are. You think that it's illegal to bash your head into this, whatever. I don't. Right, right. Everything is a weapon. Mm-hmm. Everything is a weapon. Mm-hmm. Words, time, space, equipment, Everything is a weapon. So right. while you're thinking <laughs> ego, 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 mm-hmm. I'm thinking if you keep moving that way, I'm getting real comfortable. Right. So you're framing up. I'm getting real comfortable. I don't care where you're coming with it. I'm I'm about to enact because there are weapons in warfare. There's weapons I'm going to leverage them. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. To give some context, this is the
0: this is the hooded ninja. <laughs> We're not <laughs> saying ninja. his name. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> Prove it. Um, to give some context, you you have a extensive military background. Can you? explain how so, you know if uh, if I'm a martial artist mm. and I've never met a uh, a guy with the extensive military background that you have to say these things kind of sounds crazy right but you mm. you aren't crazy no <laughs> you know you're a you're a legitimate um opponent when it comes to these things so what, can you give us some more context on what your experiences have been coming up through that
0: yes for sure pause Hit record, stop it, and then hit record again because we're at an hour. So I don't want that to stop. Make sure we have two. Perfect. Now we're good?
1: Okay. All righty. Wonderful question. So it's interesting. I appreciate first and, you, first and foremost for you expre- expressing that that sounded crazy. I, I, I didn't see it sounding crazy. But let's play with it. Let's chew on that. When you get in the ring every day, and I'm going to answer your question. When you get in the ring every day, you're getting inside of a cycle, like even the MMA, you're getting inside of a cycle where you may be a badass in that ring, even in the streets. You have an upper, you have an, an up on the people that don't know warfare, right? They don't understand how war and crisis works. So when you're negotiating somebody on the streets for instance, versus somebody that is well-trained or well-lubricated in the arts of chaos and fuckery, let's just use that for now, for all intents and purposes, here's the two differences that I've seen. And we'll go into the actual circumstances I've been in. I can see when somebody's framed up with a training. I can see it because they go into their training. Tuck your chin. Protect your internal organs. Raise up. Get in your frame. This is where you get your maximum amount of power. You can see that. Those are the rules. They start to encode themselves with the rules, like a program, just like hacking. They Mm -hmm. encode themselves with the rules, and they, okay, bam. Those rules, if they don't train... Edge, fight, edge blades, if they don't train how the mechanics of this rope can, or, or this towel can be leveraged as a defensive shield mm-hmm. or just so they have that mental elasticity to where mm-hmm. any situation they're presented with mm-hmm. can be used as a defense or an offense, then that person that I'm negotiating with is still fighting in that mentality of this is a fight. You throw a blow, I'm going to throw a blow. I'm going to try to get you in the ground. I'm going to try to do these things. person that's trained in the art of protecting life in crisis or a military, well-trained military or person, or let's just use a person, a sentinel type of individual who has that type of experience. It's to win. It's to negotiate the threat. It's to negotiate the threat. It's not to fight you. I'm not fighting you. Why would I fight you? You want to fight? You want to put? You want to throw in the streets? You want to throw arms and back and forth and punch and and then win? I'm going to kill you or I'm going to neutralize you or I'm going to remove whatever I can. I'm not saying that there aren't martial arts that train in that capacity. Krav Maka, Krav Haganah. Uh, even jiu-jitsu to a certain extent, but you can still see the, the limits yes. to a degree in these systems because that's what they are, they're systems. You learn in certain schools of thought that these are just tools. I know how to move in this circumstance, but I'm not going to get attached to it. You have to be liquid, and you have to understand that a fight, when you decide to engage in a level where it's life versus life, there are no rules. There are no cage fight rules. There are no, you know, tap outs. There are none of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that doesn't work. But in in a combat situation, all of this here, like this is a a, a weapon rich environment, like right Mm -hmm. now in the scenario. And that's how Mm -hmm. I think. I look at all of this all the time. Mm -hmm. I look at the distance that we have, how much time. These are the things that I think about, right? Just because of my life trauma and my life experience. I look at the weapons around me. I look at how I can leverage them, how they can be leveraged against me, and how fast I can act in my relaxed state to use them to negotiate the circumstances around me versus, I believe, in the circumstances I've been in, the people that want to fight. Or the fighters, because you have Mm -hmm. brawlers. Does
0: that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, yeah.
1: That does make sense. Um,
2: If I'm a normal person listening to this, to hear someone say that they're constantly looking around for weapons and mm. things like that is not normal, right? So, who are you? Who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? That's it sounds insane. It sounds drastic. It's crazy. I I would love to get more insight. Uh, who the fuck are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? We could play with
1: that. So,
0: why does your environment come into play when you when 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 you think like that, you know, who are you?
1: Yeah, so let's answer the, both of those questions. So, we have a resting, just like you're thinking. So let's do this. I know for a fact that you do jiu jitsu, and I know you do as well. So I know that, I'm going to answer your question though, but I know that in your mind, you are always thinking about a counter. You're thinking about how to negotiate things. When you're in that mat, that's what your mind's thinking of. Mm-hmm. I don't isolate combat, life or death, to the mat, to the institution, or, or to that, that situation up there, or the cage. I put my life or death because of how I live. And the circumstances I'm presented with, just being a person I am, that I have to negotiate. I put it in my wheelhouse of thought. Just like some people may think about booties and, oh, she got a big old booty. That's all I think about. Because I used to be that guy. I'm like, oh, I just can't wait to get high. Can't wait to get some booty. And then da 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 And then maybe fight. You know, mm-hmm. in my wheelhouse of thought, I'm thinking survive. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking negotiate. I'm thinking, what are my egress and egress places? Like, how can I get out of the situation that I'm mm-hmm. in if I need to? Mm-hmm. And We're going to get into why I think that way and how can I survive if I'm exposed, meaning if just, God forbid, anything, this is just like some crazy setup. I'm like, yeah, that is insane. That guy must be crazy because that's what he's thinking about. But I think about these things because more times than not, the variables that I establish for those scenarios come into play.
0: Is that because of military training, though? Is that like.
1: So like- I spent five years in the military. This us good. Get that out there. I didn't okay. spend 20 years in the military. I, okay. um, who, am, who is Jason Tate? Right. I spent. I, in um, 1997, I did something very I guess the law would say I did something very bad. And uh, I was offered 10 years. And my probation officer, I was 17, 16 and a half. And okay. My probation officer said, Look, man, you're very smart. I think you're smart because you, you get out of trouble. I'm knowing you, you know. Uh, by the yeah. time I had done three years right so yeah. he's like hey I'm gonna ask the judge I had already been to boot camp I've been to a correctional boot camp so he was like and I thrived at it. I loved it wake up at five in the morning do some running you know hear people cry cause like just bitches you know whatever <laughs> right I loved it I loved it because I was like I see the rock in me yeah not because I was a rock guy I'm not a rock guy I don't right, I don't no. come off intimidating and I mm-hmm. shouldn't I, I strive not to yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm I'm peaceful flowing man mm-hmm. you know what I mean soft mm-hmm. until hard right so mm-hmm. anyway yeah um he said, "Let's see if the judge gets you excited you know get you in the military." so yeah. judge said, "Look, he's got 45 days. whatever service you can get him into at in 45 he has to be on a ship, like he has to be on the airplane. if he doesn't go back, he's serving his time, right So I decided in my infinite wisdom to go out and get drunk and high <laughs> and um, and and yeah, because I love life yeah and I, I didn't care, and then um, my probation took me to the the, the that's, per, you know, place where you go, the armed service, you know, investment place. And Air Force wouldn't take me because, um, oh, mind you, so I said I spent three years. So I I got a GED. I got kicked out of high school in ninth grade. Right? Okay. You're talking to a, a high school dropout. Uh-huh. Fact. You want to know more about Jason? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, ninths? that's, yeah. Yeah. Got, got okay. dropped out of high school in ninth grade. Okay. Um, got, so uh, went to get my GED at yeah. Job Corps. Got kicked out of GED because of, they alleged that I was in a gang and that I was selling marijuana, but whatever, right? Right those guys and then so <laughs> so when I go to the Air Force they were like you're, you're serious like yeah. you, have you taken the ASVAB? and I was like no they're like we not can't we don't take GDs so oh. I went to the the army army this is before 1997-98 hmm. so we hadn't been to war yet with Iraq Iraq so they were very you know om ominous right okay Air Force was like you know you're crazy if you think you're gonna get in here with a GD you dumb person and I'm like oh, right' that's smarter than you think but let's play this game right Army was like nope we don't take um, What was it They didn't I had a record I was 17 I had oh, okay, a record So they right. didn't want they wanted Nothing to do with it Nothing to do with uh, it Marines wouldn't take me Because I had a GED Believe that or not oh, Wow So I was literally I was I remember I was feeling like Alright so when I leave this place I'm just gonna go get real messed up And I'm gonna go do some stupid stuff Cause I'm about mm-hmm. to go serve some time Cause nobody's gonna yeah? take me Yeah So I did a little prayer yeah. And I walked to the Navy guy And the Navy guy Looked just like me Talked just like He was just like, was just like From the streets And he was like yeah, yeah man what's good You know, And I was like well, you know, this is what I need to do. He said, like, man, when you got to get out? And I said, I got three weeks, man. He's like, man, go take that ASVAB. I took the ASVAB, came back, scored relatively good. You know, like yeah. ASVAB is a, a battery test they give you right. to see your mental aptitude. Yes. Right. I scored really well. And they were all, everybody was shocked. Like, I was like, I was high. And they were like, y-? I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I guess I'm kind of smart, dude. You know, like I studied for my GD for one night. Yeah. Like, literally, literally, just one <laughs> night. I was like, I'm going to go take this thing. So wow. um, they said they can get me out in two weeks. So I, I booked out, as they call yeah. I shipped out yeah. in two weeks and joined the Navy. Uh, they asked me what I wanted to do. I said I wanted to be a spy, but I also wanted to be like a Navy SEAL. I didn't know what I wanted in life, right? Right. So um, they put me in a program. It was, it was it's called a, uh, a plank owner's program. It was one of the first programs that was just being introduced, and it was coincidentally intelligence and technology. It was the first time they actually merged them into it, right? Mm-hmm. So... They said I had the aptitude for it, and I would learn technology. I could be a hacker and be a spy and all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what about SEALs? They're like, oh, you don't look like you're in shape. And I really wasn't in SEAL shape at the time. So, at the time. So, um, I joined the Navy a year in. I'm, I, I, got, I imprinted it for this lieutenant who was a SEAL uh, on the ship, and he... Uh, he Brought me to the side one day because he was like, I was like, Man, you, can you train me. You know, he's, we, we wake up in the morning, five in the morning every day. We go run some outside yeah. of our normal stuff. Yeah, and then he put me through hell. And then one day he put me to the side. He saw that I had a little bit of fire in me. Mm-hmm. And He said, Listen, man, you're not going to make it in the, in, the, in the platoons because number one, you're, you're that black guy, like you're that guy. You have to let people know that you exist and you know, this is how you live and this is who you're being. I'm just telling you from experience, you got to be a little bit more humble. I'm like, I'm never going to change me right. for yeah. that. He said, Well, you'll die. I said, Well. <laughs> Since so you put it that way, that makes kind of sense, you know. So that yeah. was that one conversation yeah. that changed that course of my trajectory in life, mm-hmm. where I said, Well, I'm gonna be an intelligence. Mm-hmm. So at the time I was learning IT stuff. I learned basically how to hack, right? You know, I was mm-hmm. I was in charge of cryptography, uh, electronic warfare, uh, and the technologies on a ship, right? That's what I was in charge of. That's what I was my job was. And then a circumstance took place uh, two years into my career where, and you can Google this. This is something you can look up. Everything that I say, you can fact check, do all this stuff. It's fine. Um, So in 2000, there was a ship called the USS Denver, Mm -hmm. USS Denver, Mm -hmm. and the USNS Niagara Falls. They got into a wreck. Two big ships in the middle of the ocean. They were doing what's called an unrep. So the operation is, you know, this ship is long haul, so it's out there. So our replenishing ship comes and gives them stuff. Well, the captain of the of the ship that was driving the Denver was a was a Schmidt shipman, new to the new to the game, didn't know how to follow the whiskey course of speed. Oh. So he was yeah going off his huh. course, got too close. The Venturi effect pulls us in. Hits us, crashed two ships in the middle of the ocean. We lost all of our communications. We're in the middle of a place that was moderately sensitive uh, as far as electronic warfare is concerned. So um, I was the lowest-ranking person on the ship, Uh uh, number one, but I was the most technically acumen. I uh, I had the most proficiency in the job that I was in. So my chief said to my commander, uh, commander, if you need a solution— just bring Seaman uh, Tate. I was a Seaman at this point. He says, bring Seaman Tate into the office mm-hmm. and we'll talk. The only reason I knew he said that is because he told me later, like when well, you mm-hmm. drinking, he's like, man, I'm glad you showed up because I had a lot of faith in you. Because what happened was we were DIW. Uh, DIW means we're dead in the water. Okay. So our ship couldn't communicate with nobody else over the crypto, over the satellites. We had lost all our crypto. We had just gotten into a wreck and we did some emergency destruction. So mm-hmm. we didn't have the capability. So my commander was like, what options do we have? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well are you asking me above the line or below the line? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, are you asking me what we can do legally or yeah. what do I think we can do? Like just to get us. A- so he said, like, shut the fuck up and just tell me what we can do. So <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what illegal yeah. substance and not substance activities that I did yeah. to replay the crypto, to get our crypto engine going mm-hmm. for our satellite communication. Mm-hmm. But that is what made my mark in my career to say, well, mm-hmm. am I even commander at the time? It's was like, You've got something about you, yeah. you know. I even think he said, "Boy, we're not going." You know, I was like, "Got something about you, boy," and I was like, "I don't know if I like right. that," but okay, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> But yeah. I, I got, I got, I got a sense that, I got a sense that I, I had a, I had a gift. Yeah. And I thought yeah. at that time it was my gift was technology. So I went down a real strong path of hacking and, you know, I got into the hacking culture, the DEFCONs and the Jeff Mosses and, you know, Iron Geeks. I'm dropping names for a reason. If you want to know real hackers, like, you know, Mm -hmm. Iron Geek, Jeff Mm -hmm. Moss, like the real players in the game, found out that Iron Geek lived across the street from me and growing up. It was interesting stuff. So I thought that was my gift and it was. It helped me tune into understanding that, oh, everything is a program I can manipulate. If I am allowed to think in the darkness, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. And once I'm okay with that, I can really do anything. Yeah. So my last duty station, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, where this was before Gitmo became the detention detainee base. It was a, um, communication collection outpost. And okay. Most people don't know that. Okay. So, um, you know, top secret clearance, all that stuff. That's what I did. I ran, I ran the IT intelligence portion of the base. Mm-hmm. So. And at the time, I was the longest, I had spent the longest amount on Gitmo. Then 9 11 happens. I'm in Gitmo. Then 9 mm. 11 happens, and then we decided to you know, deploy our anger. Fun fact on that topic it only took us three months to turn a base with no prisons into a base with prisons. It only takes three months. Fun fact. Mm. Like prisons, like proper prisons. Real big, Like proper out. prisons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, am I going off? Am I giving you the an answer? No, this is what we want. That's crazy. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> awesome. <awful.
2: laughs> okay. So, you were there when. Gitmo turned into a prison holding facility I was there when
1: the captain said Bring Petty Officer Tate in So that we can discuss how we can run the lines And run our networks and the nodes So that we can negotiate this the right way JTF JTF, Joint Task Force uh, uh, Guantanamo, Bay Cuba GTMO I was there on that That guy. That's
0: insane What was it like? Which part? When 9 11 happened, and then like it as it's apparent. happening, like yeah, what I'm was saying. just happening as it's happening, you're like, wow, this is crazy. I'm being being brought in.
1: There's a lot of things that were that have that were that transpired between that point and previous parts of my career where I mm-hmm. was brought into other Navy, other countries' navies to fix their intelligence gear or their crypto gear because mm-hmm. I had a gift, right? And I, I say that with humility, like I didn't know, yeah. It. You, it's, I was just like it's just the I'm truth. Get it? What I do? Like, what's the problem? Yeah. Oh, this is not the problem. This is what you need to do. Let me go smoke a cigarette. I need some more thermogen. This is when thermogen had a lot of caffeine in it. You know what I'm saying? And it was almost like taking like cocaine. It was like really yeah. hot when I'm like, yeah, I can think. Yeah, yeah. I'm being honest. I'm just being serious. Yeah, no, this is, there's nothing wrong. Yo, yeah, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's groovy. So when Gitmo happened, when I think back to my, if I when I think back in my meditation sessions and when I meditate every morning, I say, what do I want to feel like? I, th- I go back to Getmo before Getmo turned into Fort Getmo. Yeah. Getmo was paradise. I would go spearfishing with the seals and the divers in the base, and we, w- we would go out and we see tiger sharks, and we'd meditate, and we'd do all the i get in fights and stuff because we'd just practicing in art. Our- that's why I really got into Daiichi and Kali and our niece and stick fighting and, yeah. and, 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 and Filipino arts there with Kurt Miskiman. Thank you. Shout out. Um, he was the first warrior I met, like, first person that taught me, like, combat, combat. I was like, oh, yeah. this guy kills people. You've done this a so few times. Yeah. So, and that's what got me, that's what he put blood in my throat, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. He taught me, like, most of these, like, this knife, when he did this to me, like, we were doing collie drills. And, you know, he taught me, like, oh, you know, like, you want to learn? I'm like, yeah. Skelet, oh, okay, well, that probably Dang. won't make that mistake again. Dang. All right, hubbub, yeah. bluebub. I get wow. it. Senawali. So, anyway, it was a great breeding ground for me, I was like 20, right? I felt great. I was yeah. the best. And then we had 300 people on the base. 300 people. And then overnight, it turned from 300 to 5,000. <sighs> army came. There was no army on the base. You only had Marines up on the, on the gate, you know, like just like in that, that movie. Uh, you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. That was a Gitmo. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I'm about? I think I do. I know what Pretty movie that true, is. Tell me the truth. A Few Good Men. A few Good Men. That was Gitmo. He was oh. talking about Gitmo. You sit over there with your things and you think you can tell me? That was Gitmo. So anyway, all right. that, so that's all you had. Yeah, and then overnight, yeah. literally, you had this influx of people who were just coming from Iraq. They weren't just regular army. Yeah. They were, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you just, you just got from the suck. And that's when I got, I got to see what war felt like. Mm. I hadn't been to war yet, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, these guys are not even humans. These are, These are... These are different people. Like, you guys... Oh, that's what war feels like. Okay, war changes you, right? Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? What, what What those humans felt like? Yeah. War changes you. War turns you... Number one, you have to... In order to catch bullets, effectively with mittens and with capture gloves, and I'm going to explain what that means, you have to understand that you're not like other human beings. You're not like... I'm not you, and you're not you. You are just a nail, and I'm a hammer, and that... As you synthesize that, mentho- that, that, that 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 feeling, you start to become that, especially people who have been on the line and that you, you just you 've got a body count of thirty six and you 've just seen you know what Genghis Khan used to see when you taking over you could see, taking over small countries. when you hear me say that i 'm not saying mm-hmm. that out of joy i 'm saying that when, when you feel it, you turn into a different being you don 't you see lens most you civilians and I say this with respect mm-hmm. you see life through a certain lens until you see war until you see. Not murder. Murder and war are two different things. Like totally. you know, somebody on the street totally. like, bang, bang, bang. No, no, no. Bang, bang, bang is one time. When you yeah. have bang, bangs and you, you've got yeah. things happening all around you, your senses turn and morph you into a different human being. Totally. Your capacity to process information turns you into a different being. How you negotiate that stimuli turns you into a different being that's Mm. the difference between a warrior and a bullet catcher right i like that no it's really you can you can be a train you can be just doing your train doing what you you know okay this is what i'm trained to do and then you can embrace and lean into it and say oh this is what i was brought here to do and that it's an energy you can smell it like i at that age i smelt it on them i was like oh my god like i i I had already smelled death that i know what death smells like when you take a life there's a smell on you. There's a feeling, you, energy. You carry that energy. I know what that feels like. I, know, I knew that before I even got into the military complex, if you will, right, mm-hmm. from, my, from my life in the streets. I felt what that was like. So when I started sensing that, I was like, oh, wow, this is a whole different level of energy, like yeah, oh. right? Yeah. Some people take it in, and they, they hone it into a very that thousand-yard stare, and they, they feel regret about it, and some people embrace it. It's a part of life. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. How you negotiate that is up to you. I'm not talking about... You know people's mental health and how they deal with it, but did I answer your question? Yeah, um, just want to make sure I, I answer that. Like, so it's they were different levels of human. You turn war turns you into a, chaos, crisis turns you into a little different level of human, and then what makes you a meta is how you negotiate that energy. What's you, a meta? I identify as a meta. You, I, I feel you as being a meta. I feel you as being a meta. A meta is a person that understands the confines of the human system are only limits on their mind. Mm. A, meta person, a meta person is somebody that goes out and does impossible stuff and it's okay with them. Yeah. You know, living on the edges of, of, of life. That's what meta means to me. I'm yeah. not human. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, a okay, meta-human. okay, okay. Yeah,
1: I get it. Yeah, like, like, like meta humans. People that see war are meta humans, huh? People that see war, I wouldn't say are humans. people that negotiate war. Right,
0: negotiate war. People that deal in... I feel like they're humans.
1: Negotiate it in a empowering way.
2: Yes. Because right? you're going to negotiate it in a way where, well, shit, I didn't
1: want to do that. Now I feel regret. Mm. Right? And that was eating at me. Now I've allowed that energy to turn me into a self-deprecating situation or just the way it is. learn learned a new program. You went out and got out of, of, of the war and you went to go learn a program called Christianity or Islam and that Islam or that Christianity program is telling you that what you did was wrong and now that's eating at you and you see demons and you see this, that, that could eat at you. Certain people digest war or chaos a different way. Um, when you, you, I think meta, when you embrace the meta aspects of life, you say one, in order to, to, to embrace meta, you have to say everything happens for a reason
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything whether it's that baby that was i mean that sounds horrible i'm about to take it to a depth here so this is going to be well stopped. no
0: this is going back to the necessary evil part i mean everything happened for a reason everything. there are necessary evils There's... and
1: you choose this life mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't have that benefit of seeing life that way where they don't see how life really works so they they're caught up in the, the curses of life they think that mm-hmm. You know, there was a Genesis and there was Adam and Eve. And they, they think mm-hmm. that. So they think, oh, our choices are what... Di-. No, you chose this life. You, you look down mm-hmm. in that bodysuit and you say, I need to go through this path so I can learn this lesson. Mm-hmm. So that's how you understand that that war, that kid, that woman, that man, that family that died that horrible way that has mm-hmm. this... It was a part of a choice. So mm-hmm. embracing the fact that everything happens for a reason is the first level of meta, right? Mm-hmm. Embracing it. Mm-hmm. Number two is understanding that everything happens for the, with the reason and you have a purpose in it. And that purpose in it oh. and the role that you played was divine, and not pointing the lens at yourself. Not saying, because if I were not in my meta mindset, I would probably be taking a lot of medications in some psych ward in a rubber room where rubber rooms are dark and cold, rubber rooms <laughs> dark and cold, rubber rooms make you crazy. You've heard that point? So I can see that. But when you embrace it and you say, okay, well, I'm not crazy, everything no. has a divine purpose. And the more that I'm if uh, this is going to sound like Thanos level, <laughs> the more that I step into that pain and that chaos and that power, I understand that it was divine and I'm living in my divine right. I'm not talking about mass murders who go out and say I'm right, gonna, like right. You no, know, yeah. people blow up stuff. I'm talking about living in that. Does that make sense? Yes. I think it makes sense. No. I mean, really? If it's I think not, it makes a make lot of sense. Clear. No. And then third meta rule is you got to put your body through things that are not human every freaking day every day that you roll and you take it you take these kids mm-hmm. from their pl- or these kids and these grown-ups from their places of comfort and make them uncomfortable and teach them how to make the uncomfort discomfort comfortable that is meta because mm-hmm. you're not only changing you've already went through it that you're only able to, you're only able to teach what you're able what you've been through mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you can't teach. you can't no cuz you teach what's read in a book you're going to see those those scripts replayed mm-hmm. if i if i when I when my, my my mentors like I have a mentor right now a CAG a special a Delta operator right uh, we're in a, we're in a relationship so to speak, in a relationship of mentoring, of just dealing through the things we dealt with through in life, and I and he's much my much older than me. Listening to his meta story, like how he became meta, mm-hmm. is I can smell. And he says that we can smell things that are read in a book, but when you embrace your power, when you say, "I know." That when I pick up my weapon and I aim for that spot, I'm going to hit that mark. It's yeah. different than saying, "I hope," mm. or "maybe it will." Yeah. When I'm in combat, when your question earlier, you said, "What's the difference between somebody who is trained and it sounds crazy, like you know, trained martial artist, black belt, you know, know they know combat, but when you're dealing with war and a crisis and it's life or death and it's something that happens and you're on the battlefield and that's not something you're used to against somebody who's used to it, the difference is." I'm going to try to fight this guy. I'm going to win this fight. I'm going to have confidence. There's this one person saying that, and there's another person said that person doesn't exist. I'm seeing right through you. After I negotiate you, I'm going past that. I don't care what training you, I don't care how big. No, I've, I'm out. I'm out. It's not fair. It's an unfair advantage. What's the unfair advantage? I don't look at you the way you're looking at me. You're looking at me as an opponent. I don't see you. These weapons, these capabilities, capacities, I'm looking at that. And then when you meet people on those two planes and they have that same level, Oh, that's what you get to watch. That's a spectacle. Does that mindset
2: come from
1: a military training? No. It's a level unlocked. That military training, pressure testing, pressure stress, stress, stress training, uh, putting yourself in these rolling mats over and over and figuring out, like you said earlier, putting yourself in that where you unlock that capability and then you embrace it. Am I answering that correctly? You have to spend time there. You have to. Oh. You right. have to get comfortable in your in your weakest points. You have to get comfortable understanding what makes you that bitch. So yeah. You, the next yeah. P- the next question would be you spent a
2: lot of time there. I right? spent So I spe- yeah. When at what point was that like in your teens on the street or was that in your in your experience as a operator on the field? Mm-hmm. What or
1: So, yeah. I didn't get my stuff pushed in until recently, so to speak, meaning I didn't realize I had these capabilities in me because, you know, there's, there's, there's the term operator. It's usually dedicated for those special forces guys who go through the operator course. You know, I was an SF. You know, I, I got out of the military, and I got recruited. We'll talk about that. And I went through a different pipeline. But yeah. okay. so because so, you have military and then you have agency guys, right? You have this different fields, right? We, we're specializing in different things. So to answer your question, I didn't realize my truest capabilities until I went through a crisis situation about 12 years ago. And I realized that it was either if you don't live it, if you're not living and you don't take all your training and you apply it now, you're not going to make it. And in that one little mission I was on, that one op, I embodied it and I never let it shut off until I did shut it off maybe like three years ago. And then I put a throttle on it. So it was a life and death situation that you had a, a very life and death, very, mm-hmm. very uh, deception, a uh, lot of, lot of, lot of coercion, lots of manipulation, lots of things that I thought were real that weren't, a lot mm-hmm. of misguided truths that the gov- that my government was teaching me and telling me at the time that came to fruition and said, "Why are we really here? What am I really doing? What is this mission about?" Mm-hmm. And it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out, and it put me in a position where. I was in a scenario where I had to play the role for about two weeks, or I wasn't going to make it, and that's what let me know that it wasn't about me just negotiating people. Negotiating people at that time would have been the worst thing. I had to let I had to be small. I had to be very small. Yeah. So you were in a life and death situation for two weeks, like a continuous, in, okay, continuous life or death situation, a perpetual situation. Where we're I'm not going to touch it, in detail, okay, but not okay, here. No, yeah, we but can't, can't. Just choose not to as well. Oh, okay. Um, and can't. I can do anything I want to, right? We, right. By, by the laws of the alchemy of life, but just don't want to put that on there. But yes, I was in two weeks. I was in a situation where, um, and this was in the news, um, yeah. It was not, it was about me using my training, not my aggression, not, not my, my martial arts or my uh, tactics. Uh, by, uh, 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 defensive tactics uh, Offensive tactics It wasn't about that It was about Using your training training Using the training of understanding Blend in Associate Be affiliate The soft skills And that's what I, I mm. That's where I believe Meta comes from mm. it's, it's You come And I'm going to touch your, your, your question And I'm going to answer Go back to your initial question When the fighter's fighting Most fighters think That they have to fight Like we're in a situation of combat, then we have to fight, and it's going to be aggression on aggression, and that's not who wins. It's who can bend, who can be pliable, who can be soft enough during the person using that most amount of force and aggression in that bit amount of time to expose a weakness that can win or accomplish that task, whether that's removing the life Whether it's removing a capability of a movement, whether that's an arm, limb, sight, a sense, removing a sense, and letting that main take over the combat situation. Mm -hmm. It's those kind of thoughts that that, that, that make you into that meta capacity where you say, I'm thinking past that. Now you come back to civilian life, and now what makes you super meta is, I got to do that, and I also got to get away with it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to make other
0: people do things that you know you're going to win ultimately. Like... Like insane amounts of manipulation not for a, only a good cause. Manipulation. Literally, is a to. Word.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. But it's a good word. Man, nip you late. So. I mean, I'm just thinking in
0: this intensive two week, I'm thinking on your, oh, your mission. You know what I'm saying? Like on your mission when you're in there and you're. This is the. From what I'm understanding, this is one of the realest situations you've ever been into in, in like one of your adult like times.
1: It was the first time that I was in a situation where I didn't have backup support, Overwatch, or. I didn't constantly know that I was being on a leash. I didn't have somebody constantly monitoring every move. I was off the grid. I had made a decision that wasn't probably the wisest, but it was, it happened for a reason. It happened. That I engaged in a scenario thinking I was going to come up with something new. I disengaged all of my attachments with the people that I was, the agency that I was with. And Mm -hmm. for two weeks I was out in the wind. Mm -hmm. And then out of those two weeks, I didn't last long into a situation where I was in a scenario where I was on a teeter of life or death mm-hmm. for literally two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the brawn, it wasn't the training of the push ups and the pull ups and the, it wasn't none of that. It was soft skills, mm-hmm. it was observe, watch, paralinguistics, mm-hmm. mirrors, identify who's in charge, identify who's really in charge and who really thinks they're in. Like really, being able to tune into my environment is what made, kept me alive. That's what turned it into yeah. being not not being the guy next to me who was six foot two, mm-hmm. big body, you know you know, been through you know special forces dude that looked like it, so he got the most of it, right? Because he looked like it, and I'm yeah. like, oh no, I'm I stayed small, yeah, and I was you know using that manipulation, mm-hmm. deception, using that was my saving grace.
0: Little bit of chameleonism in there, you know, slippery as a salamander, like, yeah, but understanding I mean, that blend in, you know, change colors, all that
1: soft until hard, but really going soft, right? And then really going hard, it's it's not mm-hmm. about carrying it with you. That's why, you know, even in, in Jamaica, and I bring that because I like the Caribbean, uh, they said, you know, badness not worn upon face, badness not worn upon face. When I see, when I, you know, and I, I've been in the streets, I, I see people, they they have to put on that performance of the shirt, <laughs> you yeah. know, you gotta put it on. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. You know, and a lot of people have to, Marines and SEALs and, 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 and Keg, some of them have to put on that charisma to p- convince mm. themselves that they are right. that hammer. But then the you've real got guys, operators, badness is inside. Badness uh. on the inside. And you've got badness the other element of the military weaponized complex, which is the intelligence groups. We're not, you're not we're, we are not, they are not supposed to look like threats. We're not, I'm not going to engage you. Not on camera. I'm not going to engage you in a situation where I have to leave a footprint. Mm-hmm. I have to leverage my mind. I have to leverage my training. I have to, the things, when you said, when you said earlier, you know, why do you think about everything being a weapon? Because while you look at yourself as one big weapon, mm-hmm. why use myself when I have to get out of this situation scot-free? Yeah, yeah. I can leverage other things to move for me. That's where the magic comes from. The power, that's how you harness power. If I can get the juggernauts to be on my team and do the juggernauting on my behalf mm-hmm. for whatever coercion or whatever manipulation right. I leverage, right. then that's like. the advantageous place that I need to be. Yeah. But do I, can I get in a ring with a juggernaut no. and stand on the fight? Probably right. not. Right. Can mm-hmm. I defeat a juggernaut? Absolutely. <laughs> Why? Because he's a human. Yeah. He breathes oxygen. He Ooh. bleeds. She bleeds. They're going to have to go to sleep. They're going to have to do other things. They have codependencies. That's where we have different... Mm -hmm. Levels of, and that can see where that sounds insane when I say, yeah, it can be defeated. Yeah, because I'm looking at you different, not you. I look at what I consider to be an opponent in a different lens.
0: Some people
1: say, hold, smash, I gotta go smash. Time to turn up. Mm -hmm. Me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna walk you out. I'm gonna walk you out. You have to breathe, you have to eat, you have to do these Mm -hmm. things you need. You live in a world where this is how you live. Mm -hmm. My way to defeat you is going to be from the inside out. Then Mm -hmm. if we get in a physical confrontation while you've been focusing on me, Mm -hmm. I've been focusing on this. That's why I think like that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the most (laughs) dangerous way to think. I think it's the most advantageous way to think when you're a man on a mission.
1: I think that life as a man in today's world, we should have the capacity for violence. We should have the capacity for chaos. We should have the capacity for atrocity but maintaining a level of discipline and decorum about you without showing that capacity mm. is what is needed. Yeah. You know, the capacity for violence, that's why I respect uh, BJJ and, 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 and a lot of the internal arts like Daiichi because it doesn't teach you to be, well, while some people take it to their extremes and they just got to walk around and you know, look like steroid hemorrhoids, you know, or mm. they just have to look like what they're looking like, mm. the people that can not look like it that can, I can sit down and I have to really touch you, like I have to shake mm-hmm. your hand, right? and I can, then I can feel it. I'm like, oh, no, that's a, that's a killer, that guy right there? Yeah, right. so yeah. beware of that guy. Right. Instead of me seeing, I'm right. like, oh, yeah, you look like something I'm going to have to negotiate. Right. Mm, you're going to be the guy that the cop pulls over first, and all i got to do is, say, oh, and the cop's going right. to come for him. Yeah. yeah good, got yeah. you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, the play yes. is isn't every man should know how to defend his castle – and his castle is not where he lives. Yeah. His castle is his mind frame. Mm-hmm. Defend your mind frame. Defend, defend, Being able to defend what you consider you, what you love, what you consider to be your, 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 your goal in life, what you consider to be your purpose, defend that by all costs. And that doesn't mean to use brawn. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean to use, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but having the capacity for it. The real manipulation is I like the way I look. Right? I like, and I here's what I mean by that without ego. I like being able to look in the mirror and say, yeah, you're a sexy bitch. Nah. Yeah, you're saying se- yeah, yeah, yeah. And do that knowing that other people say, oh, that's a bitch or whatever. Right? right. And they look at that and I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that's my first show. Mm-hmm. That's my first performance because I'm not mm-hmm. going to show you my teeth every time. I don't need to. Mm-hmm. I don't need to talk with blood in my throat all the time because mm-hmm. if I am, mm-hmm. I'm putting on a performance that's creating programs inside of you to detect me i don't want that right i want to be in your bed laying next to you when you roll over and you say how did you get in your bed and i say that's the performance right Mm -hmm.
2: okay so elaborate on that a little bit because you're uh you also were part of an agency Mm -hmm. or you got recruited as being part of an agency national geospatial intelligence agency um say that again
1: (laughs) (laughs) the national geospatial intelligence agency The agency that most people don't, you hear about the CIA, you hear about the FBI, because they want you to. Mm -hmm. But under the, under the, did I cut you off? I didn't mean to. No, no, go ahead. Under the intelligence umbrella, there's 17 other intelligence agencies that are on record, and there's about 20 other ones below that that people will never hear about. DITRA, Defense Threat Reduction Agencies, all of these agencies. But to answer your question, yes, I was recruited by the National National Geospatial Intelligence Agency while I was in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and that's when i left contanoy bay cuba to go to a place in st louis and a place that doesn't exist and a facility and that's where i learned more of my craft if you will um mm-hmm. cyber exploitation mm-hmm. uh, human exploitation yeah uh and other fun things
2: so you're talking about uh waking up next to somebody with them without them knowing that you're even there right i mean that I, was I mean, that was a that was a, a that was, a, a, metaphor that was a, a metaphor that was like, like a, but, yeah but this is what this is what you guys do at the same time, right?
1: The, yes, and so, it's not about sneaking covert ur- not, like, we can talk covert entry. Well, let's, but let's what I meant was give me a, an idea of what
2: what, what that, that means, job looked like.
1: Oh, what that job looked like. Oh. Yeah. Well, in the beginning the job looked like my job because of some things that took place in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, I was discovered to be really good at exploiting people places and things. Um Red teaming is what they call it in the, game, in the game, if you will. So breaking into bases, looking at ways to uh, influence people to let you into places where you're not supposed to be. Right. Waking up in front of your bed and you're saying, well, how did you get here? But it's okay because I'm not alarmed. Mm-hmm. Making that comfort mm-hmm. with people. Socially engineering human beings. Mm-hmm. So the first two years of that life was spent, um, there was a situation that was taking place by China. Uh, China was coming into a lot of our special, opera- our, our special operations capable bases and they were sending nondescript agents that don't look Chinese, that they were going in our bases, stealing sensitive information. The United States government didn't know how they were doing it. So they created a team called the Date Mitigation 4 team. Uh, denial permit by exception, it sounds quirky whatever, but there was a very specialized unit of 40 people that was selected out of maybe 5,000 that had, this, had certain skill sets that knew how to use cyber exploitation, human exploitation, uh, covert entry. Li- we all had different skill sets. So I was dealing, I was next to a guy that was a, a Delta operator. He knew how to shoot, but I don't know what, what, what the fuck we're going to use him for. He looks mm-hmm. like we can't get him anywhere with him. <laughs> you no, know, but then it turned out that his intimidating statue is the one that got us through the gates, you know, like, so oh. we created, we, those out of those 40 people, we turned into small teams of six and our job, my job specifically, uh, as I was training, of course there was training that we're not really going to, we can get into it a little bit, but there was a training involved, a training component where, we learn things like sensitive site exploitation, covert entry, um, a lot of other fun things. Like,
0: so covert entry is a fancy way to say sneaking into a house, right? Sneaking into a place.
1: Not just sneaking. It's it, covert is about leaving no trace. It's about the difference between concealment and cover, or understanding mm. what leaves traces, what doesn't, what makes you a mar- what marks you as being there. Covert mm. entry is leaving no trace, mm. going in and, and, and considering it a crime scene, leaving not infiltrating anything, right. and then. Entry is one thing, exfiltration is another. Mm. Right? So, getting have, out. Yeah, getting in is what you, sell. That's what you tell your assets. Mm. You teach an asset how to get in. An asset is somebody that you, oh, yeah, come on, we're going to, yeah, you're going to be a part of this agency. Yeah, we're going to teach you. Yeah, 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 whatever you want. Yeah, we're and then really, you're just leveraging them for whatever other situation. Of course, I am dumbing that down. Those out there in the field, you know why I'm dumbing that down, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you, so there's a training component. And then we had a target list, so I had, I can speak about it now, Fort Hood, Fort Bragg, Fort Stewart, Fort Gordon, and four other places, um, uh, agencies, that my job and my team, we were, we had an objective, a capture the flag objective, like a, a piece of information we needed to get. We needed to put ourselves and take photos of us being in this skiff, Sensitive Compartmentalized Information Facility, and we only had a budget of $5,000, and we couldn't use military identities, and we couldn't use any of our old... You know we had rules because the, what they wanted us to do is replay how the Chinese would have done it. Mm. And it's just so funny we're doing we're talking about this right now on this podcast, and yesterday on the news uh, it was all over CNN mm. Chinese discovered playing social engineering tactics near bases to try to gain access so the things the scenarios that we created 12, 20, 15 years ago are now the Chinese are doing again mm. and it's replaying its tactics Am I answering your question no yeah that was, that's that's kind of what. What I had
2: in mind, yeah. yeah a, that's what I thought you that's, were
0: doing.
1: Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so I, I did that. And then when I did that with the NGA, other agencies heard. Because this is a time where cyber wasn't really big. Cyber was a word that was used. It was coming
0: it, out. It was coming out, right? This was when? Mid-2000s? Yeah, like 2004,
1: 2005, right? 2005 2006, 2006. You got it in
0: 1997. You kind of quickly elevated, but now you're getting into your own.
1: Yeah, Mid-2000s. now I'm working for the agency. I'm... I'm, I'm learning cyber warfare not yeah. just cyber operations and it's div- difference. And,
0: and it's like evolving
1: like overnight and so i had we, we yeah so we're creating things they they didn't literally they, they brought us in because they said you know i'm 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 just going to use this reference and it's a true stuff reference we had an asian guy highly technical guy like the guy was when you talk about hacking to this day i think i haven't met anybody on his on par with him and i think he's probably working in a basement for some agency still to this day right um but he was good. There was nothing, no system he couldn't break. No ICS, no access control system. There was no nothing with a chip in it that he couldn't manipulate. Brilliant. Me, I was good at humans. Mm-hmm. You know, like give me time, let me watch him. I can play you. I can, I can get him. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. massage this. I'll get close enough that we can actually re- replay this attack, or I can get a proximity sensor and clone his back. Whatever. I was good at that, um, and also good at a few other things. Yeah, you know, we'll yeah, talk yeah, about it later. Yeah. But so we had those teams, and our job was to get onto these bases and we had to figure each other out really quick. Like we only had six weeks and we had to accomplish a mission for each one of those weeks. So of course our team, of course, because you know, I'm Jason Tate and I'm amazing. And I say that with <laughs> ego, I'm just being funny. Thank you most high for allowing me to be who I am. Yeah. But all jokes aside, our team was one of the best. Yes. So we finished our mission much quicker than most people. And then after that I was selected for other agency operations and engagement. So I went directly from there to the Pentagon and then I did something in the I did a project with the Pentagon and I didn't like it, mm-hmm. um, and I think kind of also I wanted to go do some shrooms and other drugs and I didn't yeah. want to be on drug testing. I'm being very transparent here. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I, yeah, so and so my, my daughter's mother called me in California. She's like, "Hey, you need to come out here and take care of your daughter because I'm have to go to deployment." Turned out to be a bit of a lie, but she just wanted me to close be, me to be close to my daughter because I was getting addicted to that feeling, and uh, went out there and found out what Molly was and mm. raised my daughter as well uh, for a civilian company. So I I, planned, I spent about seven months with a civilian company and I threw up. I woke up one day and I was throwing up because I was like, this ain't doing shit. Mm. You guys are here worrying about insurance and body and none of these. Li- I miss doing stuff where people's lives were like, right. I, I knew the know what's I was, going
0: on out here. I want to be a part of it or I feel like I'm a waste
1: or I'm working for the devil. I was working for, I, that's what I felt like. I was like, I'm working for a guy that woke up one day and said he wants to sell insurance policies, but he, he does this, and now he has this big company, and now I'm just a cog in his wheel, and yeah, all he cares oof. about is dollars, and when mm. I tell him what's really going on, I was like, I ain't got time for this.
0: Right back to the beginning. Yeah,
1: I'm not going, I got time for this. So I took an engagement in Bahrain. That's when I got, went overseas to Bahrain and really got in some fun shit, so to speak. Um, yeah, that was really, you know, when you're running a cover you know, you're presenting yourself as one person to so a certain group of people, but you're actually doing something else. Was this with an agency? This was a mixture between the Army, the agent, an agency, a joint task force, we'll say that. Yeah, um, top secret. Uh, yeah, fun stuff.
0: That's, that's when? that's a little...
1: This is 2012 like or something. Eight, nine. Okay. Eight, first Still time. Early. So I went to Bahrain, Bahrain the first time in 2008, nine. And then uh, immediately after that, went to Honduras. Because I left the reservation. I said, no, I can't do this shit. I mm. got to go back to the government. I love this stuff too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's when I started to turn myself into the weapon, cyber weapon, or the, the entity that I am now, where it's yeah. like I got to learn policy. I got to learn how things with, you know, all aspects, 360 degrees of cyber exploitation, cyber doctrine, cyber operations. While Edward Snowden was, uh, at one, one point in time, uh, with his building at Booz Allen, literally across the street from the place where I was working at. While he was working on, on CND, I was, well, CNO, Computer Network Operations, I was doing computer network defense. So mm. I was creating, because of all the things I had done, all the exploitation, tax, all the things that I had learned, I was teaching and showing and implementing different safeguards at different bases, agencies, how to protect themselves from people like me on the darker side of things. Right. And I love that. Yeah. It allowed me to be the dark guy yeah, <laughs> You know yeah. I am dark But it allowed me to be the dark guy <laughs> Right right, And in and, and, and thought Which allowed me right. to Unleash my capabilities of, 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 of exploitation right, right right, And that's why That's kind of why I have a passion for what I do now It's not mm. It's not because I read it in a book yeah, You know I don't no, look at stuff just and You've just done it dude I've done it I've seen it And mm. I it's not that I've done it I've seen it I also see what the ramifications are, what yeah. the consequences are of living in a mm. sleep society, a society that only sees work play. This is how we live and we're gonna do this and we're gonna listen to the news. I used to run those exploitation scripts. Mm. I used to go out and I used to, I went out and I bought a cell phone company on the, on the government's dime mm. in a certain country so that I could do cell phone repair because I knew that my guy was gonna do something to this guy's phone to make him have to come to my cell phone repair shop. Mm. Right. I know how right. this works. Yeah, so yeah. I can get access to his phone. Mm-hmm. That's just a small subset of it. Mm-hmm. You know, now yeah. we're dealing with T-Mobile and all these hacks where people don't really they they they've been so desensitized to the poison. Yeah, they've taken it as nutrients and they're digesting it and they're manuf- and They're now their their byproducts of existence mm-hmm. are nothing but exploitable clones, and I don't like mm-hmm. that. Yeah.
0: No, I'm with you When they were doing the submarine thing When the five billionaires in the submarine got dropped The Hunter Biden emails were finally being released So they wanted to cover it up as much as they could This is what you know You know when things happen You're like, oh, let's check the opposite side And see what's really going on And if you guys are still asleep Then, you know
1: Don't listen to what the news is saying (laughs) Listen to what the news is not saying is what yes. I tell people, right? Yes. Like, what are well, they not? Yes. When, when that was going on, of course, it was a distraction and deflection, misinformation, disinformation. These plays that we see on and today is mm-hmm. so ingrained in everything yeah. that we do. Yeah, it's even hard for me to have a relationship, dude. No, really, friendships, relationships, I, I mess with people lightly. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, even being yeah, in yeah. this chair with you guys, right? No, yeah. How I mess with you, how I negotiate you. I came mm-hmm. in here not because I want to learn jiu-jitsu not necessarily. I wanted to see where my tribe was. Is there is there a tribe here? Is there mm-hmm. are there warriors yeah. in the in the mist? Yeah. Okay, I want to be around them. Right. What kind of warriors are these? Yeah. Oh, okay. These are cool. Uh-huh. All right, next right. If I need to, all right. If I need to negotiate, mm-hmm. that's a part of your trade craft. If you will. yeah, creating your exfil. If you uh, need 100%. whatever it is, these relationships. It's not fake. I respect you. I appreciate you. We talk. Mm-hmm. It's not fake. It's it's not synthetic. It's scripted, if that makes sense. It's a part of my programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it also, I like to be around people who are not drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> I'm being funny. I'm being funny. Oh, God. <laughs> no, i But does that make sense? Yes. No. It's beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: I mean, you know, you don't get to talk to real people too much, huh?
1: But when I do, it's so beautiful. It's like oh, dancing. Man. It's like, it it's, is like it's like dancing with the prom day. It's I don't get to talk to many people and I and I do live a life where I've learned what the the alchemists and the sages and the very wise people say about finding yourself in your solitude. Mm. Because I there's no there's no place I'd rather be than with the birds, bees, leaves, and trees and myself and the person I believe. Mm. Uh, Ralph Smart. But anyway. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, yeah there's a guy named Ralph Smart. He's huh. like one of the tribe members, if you will, and like he's like on a spiritual level. Yeah. But it, yeah. I love I love listening to my own dialogue because I know that 99% of the NPCs that I interact with in this right. reality, yeah. they're repeating scripts. Right. And because people don't understand, we can talk about two things right now if you want to mes- merge this in. This if we this, have time. If oh, we, we have time. Oh, if we oh, have time.
0: It's oh. about an hour and 50 minutes. We, we're having oh, two hours.
2: Oh, so we <laughs> the battery died on this.
0: That's all right. We're just, we're just going. Oh, oh, we're okay. going, baby. Oh. <laughs> this will okay. be one of the last things. Let's touch keep on it. On. Let's keep going. But this will be the last 15 minutes or so. Okay.
1: Yes. Wow. Two hours? Goes quick. We've been kicking. Goes let quick, cook, baby. Let them cook, baby. Let That's cook. right. Exactly. <laughs> let like, cook. who cares, you know? All right. So, there's two things that happens in this world, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the spiritual aspect of existence where people don't really put a lot of... They, they put their spiritual uh, belief in a, re- a religious structure. So, they have those programmings of... You know, Christianity, you know, Islam, all those those religious structures, Buddhism, and they rely on them so much because the other manipulation play is what's being put out in the world. The news, the misinformation, the food, what we're eating, what you're consuming, the the, especially here in America, that everything is contaminated, like literally to a point where a lot of the people who think they're making sexualized choices about their sexuality it's not that there and i'm not talking about that i that's not a common conversation what i'm saying is a, there's a lot of manipulation so deep into the in, deeply entrenched into the american society that people think they're making sexuality choices based off of what they think but it's really in the food the food oh. there's there's studies yes. about yes. you know making things mm-hmm. over over-estrin- estrogen over estrogenizing the uh, elements of food that makes people more effeminate, which is a part of the system mm-hmm. to deconstruct the male dominating yeah. testosterone, the strong elements of yeah. males in this mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. and making them docile mm-hmm. so they can be more controlled. So you add mm-hmm. these two things together – and now you're walking around interacting with people who don't want you to talk freely. They don't want you to express yourself freely. If I'm too aggressive, I'm too, oh, yeah. then, oh, shit, this nigga's serious. And I use the word yeah. nigga for a reason. Like yeah. They're like, oh, this guy's really about that. Or I need to put a watch on him.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So you have to, I find myself tiptoeing on the edges on these blades all the time because I have to, number one, see who I can talk to. Yes. And it's not that I don't want to be hanging around just like, I'm not going to talk to you too long because that creates a footprint, mm-hmm. and it's not that somebody's yeah. after you. It's yeah. it's just you there's just so many NPCs. Yeah, yeah, you don't want it. And there's so many NPCs out here. There's so many people who don't know that the, everybody you meet today is a sensor. They mm-hmm. carry a phone. They carry a laptop. They go interact with other people, mm-hmm. especially if they're the people like you know we got to go get the. And I'm not talking about what, what your choices are your choices, but if you get the vaccine, oh and the, the fear. If they are part of that fear system. Mm-hmm then they're going to report on you. So yes. you have to choose your words wisely. You have to watch what you say. Like, mm-hmm. literally, watch the words that you see. Like, when I speak, I'm watching because I want to make sure that what I'm saying is something that I want you to see. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So it is a, it's an isolated life, but you know what's so fun about it? It's so free. Mm-hmm. I don't live in a hive. Mm-hmm. It's something like your jiu-jitsu studio here, or, or the studio that we have here, you have, that you have here, that I am appreciative that I'm even coming in contact with both of you. That you, you're teaching people how to unlock themselves. You're teaching people that not everything that you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. You're teaching people that you may think this is how the pain works, but the pain works this way. Those little codes that you're impregnating or injecting or um, infusing is a better word into these kids, into these grown-ups, you're teaching them how to live better. And that's why, I, that's why I, as, as, the, as the that's why I fuck with you. you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, sense. yeah.
0: Dude, it's respectable. I love listening to you talk, dude.
1: Groovy, man. I appreciate like, you. Receptive, receptive. Even
0: groovy. My mom says groovy, and it's just like a comforting word for me to hear. You know? Like, yeah.
1: Groovy, man. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not,
0: it's a good time. It's a choice. You're full of wisdom. You're full of insight. There's so many more hours we could do
1: on this podcast with you, dude. I, you love, know? I love the opportunity, man. Really
0: appreciate you coming in and spending time. stay. We have taken up too much time, though. Yeah, my <laughs> apologies, man. Yeah, yeah, groovy. Okay. No apologies needed. But, dude, we'll have you back again. Um, Man, just I appreciate you. Like, I really appreciate you. I hope this was a good time. I think this was a good time. I, pe- I think people are really going to enjoy listening to it, watching it, and, uh, you know, keep in touch and... We want to know what you're doing. Yeah, man. Not, I don't think we're ever really going to know what you're doing. But yeah. no, we know, We want to know what you're up to. We want to build relationships. Yeah, you know? man. That's what we want to do with the podcast in specific because we want you to come back and teach us things. I had, I had a ton of fun, dude. Like I, I learned things. I thought things. I had perspectives brought to me. We want to have you back, you know, so don't fly away too far.
1: Wherever I fly away to, I'll only be a signal <sighs> message away.
0: Fantastic! There we go! Fantastic! Fantastic! What do you got?
2: I got nothing. Hey, you got a download signal? <laughs> yeah, you got a download signal. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic! That's how it works, man. That's right. That's the only way to get in contact with them.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh! It's an app. It's an oh, S- app. Okay. Yeah, yeah 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 Okay, okay. I'm a signal messenger. Writer. Yeah, that's what, that's what it means. <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you having me. Man. I, I know sometimes I went off on a little bit of a tangent and I, nope. I spoke, uh, you know, without commas, but I appreciate your receptivity and your flexibility, man. I think that uh, what we s- discussed today, a lot of people are going to find seeds of insight and light. It's going to help them on their path. Oh, yeah. I uh, love your energy as well. I love I see you like I can see you. Right. So I see what you're doing. Yeah. And I love that. I'm getting a little emotional because I can see that I can see that what this is doing. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, appreciate you too, brother. Good yeah. questions. Hey, man, I uh, long overdue.
2: Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. Namaste, brother. Hey, for sure. Um, yeah, thank you.
0: Guys, episode 10. Jason Tate. Jason Bourne, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we love you, all right? Get some sunlight, go for a walk, call your mom, hug your mom, all that stuff.
1: Get out in nature, yeah. Get out
0: in nature, baby. <laughs> Is it recorded? Is it recorded? it